Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 98, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Fauna ABDL. Oh, and I'm Drew Today Spons, we have with us. There you oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. There I don't go. know if you were waiting for me to say something or if yeah. you were going to introduce me, so I just jumped in. I'm, I apologize. No, you're all good. Juice is back, everyone. Everyone say hi, Juice. Hi, hi Juice. Hi, Juice. There we go. Oh, that's me. <laughs> how, how you doing, buddy? I'm still breathing. Love that. I'm hanging in there. Love that yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's your go-to phrase. I, I, I love that for you. I love that journey for you. <laughs> it feels like Isn't being a still breathing era. Yeah, I'm about like, to exit my like, goblin era and enter my still breathing era, and I love that for me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness, Fanny, how are you? I'm doing pretty pretty darn well. I had a beautiful breakfast, and now I'm looking forward to a day of sewing and relaxing. Wonderful. How about you? doing good uh i spent the night at my parents house last night uh i was feeling lonely gray's still out of town he's doing big important people with a doctorate type stuff he's uh presenting at a conference and that's really exciting so i'm holding down the fort while he's out and i got lonely so my parents invited me over to spend the night got some uh got some takeaway celebrated my mom's birthday dad made cocktails bob uncle Mom was really excited to hear about what kind of weed I was doing. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to know all the all the details, the dodge, as it were. So I just mm-hmm. got home uh, around like noon or so. I got my coffee here, ready to go. Uh, Fonny, you were having some fun this weekend from the sound uh, of it. I sure was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just had a date night and then uh, came home in my walk of shame class. It was pretty standard. Good, good. It's always fun. And just mm-hmm. what have you been up to over the past few days? Uh, it's been weirdly rainy and overcast and crappy, so my energy's been low. But I've been drawing. I've been doing a little bit of um, stuff get, prep, mentally and physically prepping for CAP, which is hops. It's like literally what? It's literally 10 days away. Yeah. Oh, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> too late god damn it (laughs) sorry Uh, but we're going to talk more about uh what exactly you're prepping uh for cap in a bit that's going to be like our big discussion point um yeah this is very much like a very news heavy week uh because the three of us have all been incredibly busy working on stuff for the community for the city and for our specifically like the the community here, like the show's community and everything else, um, which is why the, epi- <laughs> the episodes have been a little bit late coming out. Shocker, right? We're fucking booking it before Capcom. We are racing mm-hmm. to the finish line of the season. It's just nuts to me that we're already approaching the season finale. Um, but we got a really fun show lined up. I think we're going to primarily be having a nice discussion with Jews talking about art and stuff. Uh, yeah. But before we get into that, uh, Fani, could you please tell us about the people who deserve to have their names shouted out? 
the people who make this show happen? Quite literally, yes. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, talk about our, our Patreon supporters. Uh, up in the $1 vanilla tier, that gets your username shouted out on the show. We've got Casa and Danielle and Darlene Laddle and Doodle and Gosh Cheeks and Izzy and Manic Pixie Panda and Navi Red Panda and Raystar and Red and Riley. In the $5 Kingster tier, that gets you access to Jazzy's photo channel on the Dear Jazzy Discord. We've got Annie, Baby Alexi, Chels, Huff Bondage, Lindsay, Lux, Ragtime, Ryan, Skywalker, Ranch, The Starling Family, Stitchlet, and Tiernid Twinkie. In the $10 Fetishist tier, that gets you an extended shout-out and access to the video channel on the Dear Jazzy Discord. We've got Maya Chu, Meerkat, Neocryptid, Pandagoran, Silky, and Tildy. In the $15 Sinner tier, that gets you co-directorial input on all things Jazzy for the Dear Jazzy Discord uh, content. We've got Kiffy. And in the $20 Deviant tier, that gets your name written on Jazzy's body for Jazzy's planned content for the Do Jazzy Discord channel. We've got AO who writes in a tribute to Cleveland's own Marcus theorist Frederick Jameson who says it's easier for a little to imagine the end of the world than an end to spankings and enforced bedtimes. And we've got Briah who writes in wet diaper for life. We've got Daddy Gray who writes in remember to eat your veggies kids. We've got Glacia and Juicebox and Jess and we've got Cat Puff who writes in Jazzy can you take this one for me? Oh I shit myself at Target. Thank you. We've got... What the hell was <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I didn't prepare for that. You're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Pay us money and you can make us say weird things like this. Mm -hmm. And we've got Let's Call Me Joe who says, sorry if I missed the show, but I'm watching my girlfriend paint my birthday present on chat. And we've got Aww. Luna who writes in Pope. And we've got Lupin and Personalius. And we've got Pope Felix who writes, Corn is no place for a mighty warrior. <laughs> and we've got Sky ABDL and Sluggy and Spade and Summer who writes in, stop telling people to love America and tell America to love its people. Facts. Absolutely. And funny enough, we actually have a note on that coming up in the news segment. Uh, which speaking of which, do, 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 it's the news. Let's go. Uh oh. It's the news. Everyone, open up your assholes and get ready to insert the news into your core. Uh, we have a giveaway. I don't know where I went we sure do. fucking newsread. I'm not going to edit that out. We have a giveaway. <laughs> Talk about plugging the news, huh? Yeah, we're oh, plugging boy. the news. We got we got some shit to plug, all right? And we're plugging our giveaway, baby. Uh, uh, we're doing a, a giveaway of $200 in ABU gift cards. Uh, first prize gets 100 Second and third prize get $50 each. Uh, and it's a fanfic contest. Uh, it has to be between a thousand and five thousand words. Uh, there cannot be any romance or sexuality between me and Fonny. It has to be submitted before Capcom. It has to be Dear Jazzy themed. And you can send in your entries to dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com. Fonny, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, where did they submit that uh, fanfic? Uh, dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be reading the, the fan fictions that get sent in. Um, and I think that's about my thoughts on it. I'm just excited. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them yet. Yeah, people need to hurry up and, and send them in. We only have a couple of entries so far. So, like, get yourself some free diapers. It doesn't matter how good you are at writing. All it matters is like the intent of the story behind it. You don't have to like worry about like grammar or anything. Just write something, have fun with it. Hmm. Um, but, uh, an exciting piece of news, uh, adding into another reason why Michigan is kind of rad. Uh, Michigan codifies LGBTQ protections into the state civil rights act. 
And Ooh. I'm going to read a little excerpt from an article from MLive.com. Legal protections for LGBTQ Michiganders will soon be included under the state's civil rights law after House lawmakers voted in favor of extending the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Senate Bill 4 hmm. passed Wednesday, March 8th, in a 64 to 45 vote with eight Republicans voting alongside Democrats to advance the bill. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's surprising. Also, yeah, it's really surprising. And then in the Senate, it passed 23 to 15 and it had uh, bipartisan support in the Michigan Senate as well. That's a very wide margin. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> First weed, then gays. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Super- Way to go, Michigan. Way to go, Michigan. Listen, I got a lot of family up in Michigan, both blood family and chosen family in the Starlings. And it, it does my heart glad to see um, to see Michigan becoming a li- slowly a friendlier place. Uh, Michigan is where I got engaged. It's where... Um, we we've I, we've gone on family vacations for years and years. It has a very special place in my heart. So to see this news, it just made me so happy. And with everything mm-hmm. going on, I felt like we could use some positive news. Uh, and speaking of positive news, we have another Capcom newsletter. Uh, yes. Before we, we move on, did we want to say anything about Michigan being rad? Way to go, Michigan. Way to go, Michigan. <laughs> I don't know anything about Michigan other than this, honestly. It's a cool state. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Capcom sent out uh, a bunch of updates. Uh, for one, their schedule is out now. Uh, so you can go on their sched, uh, which a link should have been emailed to you, and you can see all the events. Uh, and you can sign up for a limited space sessions, uh, which I imagine is a way to like do crowd control. In an era mm-hmm. post-COVID where crowd control is important. And I've seen some people online talking about how they don't like how certain panels have uh, limits on the number of people that can go to those panels. And as someone who's done events logistics, all I can think of just like, I can't even imagine the relief that the organizers have knowing that they <laughs> have the ability to do that. Because... Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah, seriously. Like, and that's specifically talking from the lens of someone who's done event organization in the past. It's absolutely a necessary evil to have limits on some events. But I can absolutely understand the frustration with some of them. Um, yeah. So definitely hop on Sked, look at the events, and get in early, get in often to the um, to the events that you want to go to. Uh, we do not have a limit on our panel or the usual bet doesn't on, on their panel. Like the main ones being the podcast recordings because those are in the grand ballroom once again. Thank you very much. Um, and then the newsletter that they sent around dated March 10th uh, goes over hotel amenities and more. And we're just going to go through this since we're uh, a little over a week away from the convention. Um, yeah, and we'll stay vague on a couple things just so that, you know, people who aren't going to the con don't figure out where it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. We'll definitely kind of like kind of fudge the lines where we need to to keep it safe. Uh, first off, uh, this year you cannot um, charge anything to your room 
no exceptions. So you can't go to the bar and say, oh, put it on my room tab. You can't go to the snack bar or like any of the food and say, oh, put it on my room tab. You can't do that this year. Uh, host could you do that last year, though? I, I think so. You could. And then there was like a lot of confusion on how that works. So they just like put the kibosh on it. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, definitely for the best. Uh, hotel check-in times on Wednesday and Thursday are approximately 2 p.m. local time, which is Central Standard Time. Uh, and it says if you need to arrive before Wednesday, your check-in time will be around 4 p.m., but you will not have access to the convention until uh, registration is open to attendees, and you will be expected to remain in vanilla attire until our takeover at 5 p.m. Wednesday, it says. Then checkout is 11 a.m. every day. And then uh, the hotel is going fully cashless, I believe. Uh, host hotel services are cashless. You can pay with credit card, Apple Pay, or event slash drink tickets only. Uh, and it says in uh, parentheses, unfortunately, Apple Pay is the only digital wallet supported by the host hotel. Uh, if you wish to obtain cash for traveling nearby and beyond the host hotel in general, ATMs are located next to the market made shop. Uh, which is in the atrium there. Uh, and obviously there will be fees because it's, it's an ATM. Uh, there's a smoking area uh, for private smoking and or vaping. Uh, and it's located on the third floor of the parking garage. Attendees have to exit through the parking garage uh, entrance and take either the parking garage stairs or the parking garage elevator up to the third floor. Smoking and vaping is not allowed uh, inside the hotel or near the exits, including the park parking garage second floor entrance, which will be monitored by security. You have to have your badge and wristband in order to re-enter the hotel. Please know that smoking and vaping within a host hotel room will result in a cleaning fee charged by the hotel staff, which you will be liable for. Yes, this does include marijuana. Uh, there's no pool or whirlpool. Pool, pool or whirlpool. Sibilance, sibilance. No pool this year. Um, this is not necessarily news because the pool has been closed in previous years. The only difference is that the pool is under maintenance this year. Uh, the workout facility will be open uh, with some limited equipment. Uh the room refrigerators and microwaves uh, do not are not in rooms this year, uh, and there's no community microwaves on each floor, unlike in years past. The fridge and microwaves is not necessarily news. The no community microwaves on each floor is news. That is different for this year. Uh, I'm sure the host hotel has the reasons, probably like insert joke about abdls and microwaves here oh god I no, no 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 one no one actually no. did that I'm, I'm just fucking around that no one i know but did. i just no but i mean i'm just saying that i knew that that was where it was gonna go and i was like oh god yeah just the, the joke the joke i meant okay <laughs> yeah no i i couldn't help myself i'm sorry it's um, fine <laughs> they actually wrote a paragraph about elevator etiquette which is fucking baller uh, it reads, the host hotel has three small elevators, all of which both go up, uh, all of which go both up to the rooms and down to the lower convention space. Uh, due to construction at the host hotel, the escalators to the lower level will not be available this year. That is big news. Um, because those escalators going from the atrium down to the play space were very heavily trafficked. 
Uh, and it says, as a result, demand for the elevators and back stairwell will be increased. Please be considerate and give priority on the elevators to persons with disabilities that re that rely on the use of these elevators to reach the lower level convention space. Please limit like the me. number of people in each elevator to eight to avoid overcrowding. Thank you so much, Capcom, for releasing very clear guidelines. <laughs> Yeah, last time didn't the elevators? One of the elevators broke down, so that for a, for a while there was even only two, and people were just crowding into these elevators because they didn't want to wait. What if I told and you it was, that two of them broke down, and there's only oh really? Was there a point where two of them actually broke down? Oh yeah, and it's oh, because man. of overcrowding. Yeah, just the weight limit. It was too much, and it couldn't hold it. Right. Yep, and it just like went into panic mode and shut down because that's what elevators are designed to do. Yeah. Uh, outside food for sanitary reasons, Capcom discourages the consumption of food, including the use of cannabis edibles in public play spaces. Small snacks are permitted provided attendees don't leave a mess, especially if you don't need to eat regularly for medical reasons. And then in bold, it says all drinks consumed in public play spaces, such as the main stage playground and the lower level rooms should be in a covered spill resistant non glass container. For the safety of everyone, glass baby bottles are not prevent are not permitted in the convention space. This is a good rule for good reason. Um, this rule, uh, even though it mentions cannabis edibles, it doesn't say that you can't take your edibles with you and eat them in a place where you can eat food. It just means like it just means like eating in the play space in general is is discouraged yeah because mm -hmm. i'm definitely going to be bringing a fuck ton of edibles with me <laughs> mm -hmm. uh service animals this hotel does not allow companion animals or other domestic pets outside of service animals any member of the security team can provide directions for attendee service animals to utilize the outdoor relief areas uh water stations there will be ice water stations uh Ice water stations, there we go, throughout the convention to keep everyone hydrated. All drinks consumed in convention spaces must be kept in covered, spill-resistant, non-glass containers. Uh, and then, once again, for the safety of everyone, glass paper bottles are not permitted. Uh, vendor Marketplace, uh, Cap 23, will feature a vendor marketplace where attendees can purchase many items, including diapers, and may be easier to purchase diapers at the convention, for example, rather than packing them in a suitcase for a long flight. Vendors will have a variety of wares for sale and will first open Wednesday night. That's new after the lockdown has begun, although they may retire, uh, require some additional time to set up on Thursday. That's really exciting. The vendors did not open Wednesday night last year, so that's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the final one, uh, is a reminder about the entrances and exits for the host hotel. And it reads after Wednesday at 5 PM, all badge attendees must either use the main hotel entrance or the parking garage entrance to enter and exit the hotel. All other doors will be locked and monitored to prevent access. Security will stop anyone from entering or exiting other entrances and exits after 5 p.m. on Wednesday. After 5 p.m. on Wednesday, non-badged attendees must use the Grand Ballroom foyer doors, the doors closest to the mall, and follows uh, signage for assistance to access the host hotel. 
Uh, if you have any questions, please reach us at contact at capcon.club. We've been doing our best to reply to emails in a speedy fashion in the order they come in. Can't wait to have you join us at Capcom 23. And that is uh, from the official email address in the newsletter. Nice. I was not expecting to Very read good. the entire email verbatim, but here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Honestly, I skimmed and I did not know about the glass baby bottle thing. So mm -hmm. I learned. I learned some new stuff from hearing you talk about it. Indeed, they put that rule into place um, in 2020, I think. Mm -hmm. Cap historians will definitely correct me in the emails. But um, it's a good rule because there was an instance, I think, in either 2018 or 2019, where when Rears released their uh, their first bottles for the Safari ones and the Princess ones, where someone dropped one and then there's glass everywhere and people were running around mm. barefoot. Yeah. Well. You know how it works. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is all fine and dandy. Definitely uh, take a chance to read uh, the email yourself if you're attending. It, lots of good information. Um, mm -hmm. And get into that Sked app early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you haven't signed, like, if you haven't, like, checked out your profile and changed your name and, and set all that up and clicked on the, the events that you're going to, go do that. <laughs> Some things are already full. I'm trying to look and see if. OK, <laughs> so previously uh, the Sked app only had <laughs> uh, MZ and Lyra of the S&P server fame uh, mainstays in that server um, listed as the presenters, which is really funny, even though there's like a ton of us that are presenting. Those were the only two presenters that were listed in the presenters. It was really, really funny <laughs> on mm -hmm. the, on the sked app, but now all the other presenters are, um, are listed. Oh, I really need to change my profile picture on sked. Anywho, uh, let's just see how many RSVPs. Oh, funny. Your profile picture on sked is really cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, I did a picture for a zine, and so I figured I'd color it to be my usual profile picture on on public stuff. Perfect. I'm trying to. I see. knew that. I knew that that image looked familiar. Because you follow me on Instagram. Holy shit! That <laughs> too. We have 58 RSVPs for the Dear Jazzy panel already. Come on, make it Hot 60. Damn. Come on, make it 69, baby. 69. 69. Nice. Just for shits and giggles, I want to see where usual bet is sitting at because I want them to have more than Oh, us. I thought you were going to so say you want them you want to gloat. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want them to have more than us. <laughs> Let's see. Uh usual bet live. Uh let me see the RSVPs. It's just I am a big fan of having a speakers and artists tab on the schedule app. Yeah, that's yeah. really nice. I didn't know that there would be so many speakers, and that's really, really cool. I'm looking forward to so many things. Yeah, Me it's, too. It's not letting me view the RSVPs, but we have 58 already. And the mm -hmm. schedule just went up recently, and that's exciting. All right. Uh, are we ready to move on to the next topic? Sure. A uh, short note to Jazzy. If you click on manage your... Um, uh, manage your... 
sessions, it'll allow you to see who's signed up. Oh, yeah, I found that. It's really cool. Yeah. And for the ABDL Art Roundtable Retrospective, which I'll be uh, part of with uh, a bunch of the other artists. We've already got almost 100 people RSVP'd, and Ooh, I'm shit. scared. Wait, wait, what? For the art panel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. 92 so far. Oh my God. Will there be enough? There's no room in that room. If it's in the same room that it was in last year, this literally that place only hit, sits maybe, what, maybe 40 people? Oh, at most. Well, it's it's got a capped capacity. Um, oh, so good. 92 has not hit capacity so far, and I'm trying to find which room it's going to be in. That's nuts. Uh, classroom B. Well, let me. I guess, I, don't we were know hit, I guess we were enough of a hit last year that people want to go. I mean, yeah, that panel's fucking incredible. Oh well. All right. Just like you. Just like oh, you. Oh yeah, like you. Uh, oh. Friday at eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot of people. That's a that's a lot of people. Wow. <laughs> Wow! Congratulations. <laughs> that oh, damn that wow. be a very full wow. room. <laughs> That'll be quite the uh, quite the quite the turnout. Yeah, for real. I'm excited. For real. All right. Um, but getting back uh, into uh, back into the news, are we ready to do the next one? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I wrote a new chapter of Into the Dark. It is the uh, APDL story that I'm writing. It is a all original cast, a DDLB pairing. Um, it is uh, up on my archive of our own account. And that is, um, I think that's on the at odds with God.com link list. Maybe let's go to at odds with God.com and look Jazzy's links. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to have to fix that. Uh, I'm going to put a link to my archive of our own account on at odds with God. So you can read my story. Uh, but if you're in our discord, there are ample links to it. I don't do a good job at promoting it because I am a little self-conscious, but I finally wrote a new chapter after like two and a half years of setting it down. Uh, and people are giving me a lot of really positive feedback. It's making me very blushy. So if you want to read it, at oddswithgod.com will get you there. I just smacked the fuck out of my microphone. Talking stick. It is a f very fun read. It is very well done. I love just the little world that you built. This little, little fear of these people's lives that you built. My God. Uh, a person alias, friend of the show and friend of us everyone in this room uh um, yeah he complimented me and this this meant a lot to me and this is a shout out because i know that purse is listening he told me that i'm really good at writing internal monologue and i'm like thank you because i write a lot of internal monologue and that's just like my writing style and what i just like how i write subconsciously just i write a chapter and like three-fourths of it is all internal monologue and like a little bit of dialogue <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so I just that thought, is so adhd of you thank you thanks it's yeah. the autism <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i just love uh putting the reader into the mind of the character and really just mm -hmm. kind of like putting them in the 
letting the character quite literally speak for themselves to uh, to the reader and everything. And Pris mm-hmm. uh, apparently really, personalities uh, really vibed with that. And so that is, of all the compliments I've gotten, that is one that meant the most because he is like a writer. That is what he does. He yes. writes. Yeah. And he's like definitely on the, the top of the um, the quality pyramid in our community. Absolutely. Yeah. There's only a few spots up there and he's in one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that, mm-hmm. that was a really big, really big boost. So if you want to read Into the Dark, the synopsis, and if you haven't heard about it at this point, uh, it's set in 2009. It follows the misadventures of a bass player who is in basically an equivalent to My Chemical Romance in terms of like big band status. And uh, he's an APDL. He hides his stuff from his bandmates. He's in, he falls in love with someone on the on the road. And I'm not going to say who because, you know, spoilers, whatever. Uh, misadventures ensue. There's sex. There's diapers. There's shame. There's angst, hurt, comfort, all the good shit you want. And uh, I will have a link to that on at outswithgod.com. Juice! Uh, <laughs> We're still getting live art from Juice, and I love yeah, really? this picture, and I need context. What the hell? Wait, which one? <laughs> There's three of them that I just posted. I missed a bunch of them. Oh, I drew pause. I don't know why. I just drew him getting, like, blown in the face. <laughs> <laughs> blown? In the face? Like, like I don't know, wind. Uh-huh. That or that or he's got like what's the what would be you're the sewing expert what would be the the like nip and tuck Botox what's like Botox for a stuffed animal? Uh, oh God! Um, yes, bruised up. Uh, I'm trying oh, to think of a, a play on facelift. Like, like stretched back like this. Oh my God! He got threaded. He got threaded. Threaded. Yeah. He got threaded. Have you ever seen threading? Like the, the I've seen eyebrow um, threading. Well, eyebrow threading is uh, different from like the cosmetic procedure, the uh, like the under the skin cosmetic procedure where they put mm-hmm. little barbed um, things mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with thread connecting two barbed ends underneath your skin so that it kind of pulls and tightens from underneath, kind of like uh, how some people will use tape and string to pull their skin for like drag and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. that one Simpsons episode, the really old one where Homer goes to, to a plastic surgeon and the plastic yeah. surgeon like pulls all of his fat back with alligator clips. Yes. Oh, yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, in the long skin, run, yeah. doesn't that doesn't that eventually I mean, because your skin is pliable, doesn't that like cause more detriment to your skin in the long run because you're stretching it out? Yep. I believe so. And also threading the under the skin procedure uh, is temporary. Those little barbs will slip out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you like the one I drew of you sowing sowing oats? Yeah. <laughs> sowing my wild oats. Sowing wild oats, yeah. <laughs> but you, you drew me with a little container of like rolled oats, the thing I eat for breakfast, threading them onto a needle and thread. And you're sowing oats, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I was like I love the that. one of you did, like pulling your hat down. Over your yeah, face and blushing. Yeah. That's me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. When you go, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. There it is. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this 
this is cool. All right. What else um, we got? What else we got? Uh, we got. What else is in the news? We got a Patreon update. Ooh, oh, tell us about that Patreon update. I really want to put like the unsolved mystery sound effect, the whoosh, update. <laughs> in the there. Robert Stack voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we update. go. Update. Update. There is no update tonight. Ah, uh, there is an update on the Patreon. Oh. Um. So observant people will notice that because I've been incredibly busy, um, and also very distant as a result of going through some fairly intensive therapy on stuff. I've been a lot more quiet and distant than I have been in, in, uh, in the past. And as a result, I haven't been posting nudes in the rewards channels as much, even though the, the reward says that you get access to those channels. I haven't been putting a lot of new stuff in there just because I've been, you know, I've been going through stuff and everything. I just haven't, felt pretty enough to take pictures of my tits and everything. So we, uh, I talked to Fonny and we're still figuring out the specifics, but we're going to start releasing bonus episodes as Patreon rewards. And that is something that is a lot easier and like really quick off the cup to produce and put on Patreon. And it's just literally going to be whatever the fuck, uh, (laughs) Like the first one that we recorded is the uh, unedited, just like raw fly in the wall of uh, a recording session that we did with Fani. It's the three of us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after Special Interest Theater. But that's the first one that we're going to release. I hope that everyone likes it. Um, And I just the whole idea is just to have some more regularly updating rewards to give the people what they deserve because the show would not exist without everyone. And I've been having capital F feelings like, wow, I'm a really terrible content creator. I need to like do more. So it's just like, let's take the stuff that people already ask us about of the behind the scenes stuff and just put it on Patreon and see if people like it. Yeah. And the, the part about being a terrible content creator is uh, false. Uh, you're great, and the attention economy is a sham. And uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Be gone. It's be more gone. fun if you're having fun. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. There definitely have been some times where I feel like, oh, this is something that I have to do, and not something that I'm enjoying doing. Which is why a couple of years ago I switched the Patreon reward from monthly uh, updates to access to the channels where I am an exhibitionist because it allowed me to have more fun with it. And Mm -hmm. I really feel like in, in some of the things it shows where I felt like I was forcing it. And so I'd rather have something that's authentic and really good and really real and really hot rather than something that I just like slap together and whatever. But that does not mean that I'm going to stop making porn because I'm an exhibitionist and I really like it. Yes. Funny. How do you feel about drunk baking? Drunk baking. Yes. It sounds like a house fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but tell Tipsy me. baking, rather. I I really like just having a couple drinks and baking some cookies or banana bread or something. So I think for one of the, the little extra content things, I just like to turn my camera on and chat with all y'all and do a little bit of baking. That sounds so good. Oh, that would be nice. I love yeah. that. Can we please do that? 
Yes. And further. Yeah, just tell me when. <laughs> you know, funny enough, um, I actually mm-hmm. just submitted my passport uh, stuff. So I'm going to get my passport <gasps> soon. And what that means is I'm going to have to come visit, if invited. I'm going to have to come yes. visit. This is your bed. Yeah. Ah, wonderful. And we're going to have to do cross-faded baking. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I have the most wonderful house for hosting. So wonderful. Absolutely. It's a date. Aw. Aw. You know what we should do? And again, this is contingent mm-hmm. upon I do not like inviting myself. My parents taught me very early that to not invite yourself to things. So contingent upon an invitation. It would be really fun, funny to the both of us to visit Juice. Oh, yes. I'd love that. Yeah. Please come and visit. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear, Juice is the most wonderful host. That's why I hear. Um, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day about uh, levels of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, where like in my little neurodivergent world, I've kind of uh, done a metaphor for myself where I've said um, there are levels of friendship where certain things are okay and certain things are not okay. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, oh, you meet someone and you're friendly with them. That might be level one friendship. But whenever you get to the point of being like, hey, what are you doing? Can I come over? Or hey, I'm on my way over. Do you want me to bring you a coffee? Would be like level five friendship where you're just like, okay, I'm good with physical touch or like whatever that level of friendship means for you. And I think we've reached level five friendship. Oh, honey. We yeah. never even see yeah. each other in real life. Oh my, you're going to make me cry. What a yeah. wholesome episode this is so far. Holy shit. Oh my God. But yeah, how do you feel about like the, the friendship levels as a metaphor? I love it. Uh, kind of internally, I've always like jokingly referred to it as my circles of hell. But I really, <laughs> oh. but then again, I'm also like an edgy Luciferian pagan that watches a lot of hell of a boss and has been hotels. So are we surprised at all? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really love that analogy. Uh, I personally, I've heard circles of grace before and that's really good. But mm-hmm. I, re- I I use the circles uh, for mine. Like there's like the innermost at the center is, wow, that sounds really narcissistic. <laughs> I just realized I was about to say at the center is me, but that's not what I'm trying to say. In the innermost circle and in closest proximity to me, there is my chosen family, my blood family. There's... Uh, uh, and then there's like the, the ride or die friends. So that's like funny. Obviously you're there juice. You're there. Basically Aww. people who have real name privileges more or less. Yes. And then there's like, there's like, you know, really good friends and then friends and then people I'm acquainted with and then acquaintances and then people that I know about tertiarily. And that's not like, you know, it, it's funny. And, this actually, it's, it's an advice show, so I feel comfortable bringing this up. Um, I had a conversation years ago with someone because I was a member of a, of a cosplay troupe in the Cleveland area. And I was a member of the cosplay troupe for years and years and years. And I was one of the, um, I was one of the prop makers uh, in that troupe. And I was, uh, how, how the troupe was organized is like, there were the two... Uh, lead cosplayers who did one of them did the, all the sewing one of them did a lot of the planning and concepting and then I did the prop work and then we had 
one or two people that were like with us a lot and helped with the social media. So we were like a crew, basically almost like a band. And we had us. And then we had our immediate circle of really, really tight friends who also helped out with the troop and everything. And so we had some people that were like friends and friendly with us. And one of them asked me, you know, how do I, I really want to get promoted. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, how do I get to be in the inner circle with you and redacted and redacted? And I was like, you, you, you don't, it's, it's a, it's a, we're a friend circle. It's not like a click thing, but we're outside of like the work that we do. We're legitimately friends with each other. And it's not like a, like a thing that you're being excluded from. It's, and this is something I think I feel like we've talked about on the show in the past about how about how you can't muscle your way into friend circles and how after doing mm-hmm. Dear Jazzy, it's it's funny because just recently I got an email and um, from someone who used to be really active in the server. And then uh, this person was like, Hey, I'm ready to rejoin the server. I'm not sure if you're uh, too big to answer emails individually anymore. And it's like, I'm absolutely not that big. (laughs) I appreciate you thinking that I'm and the show is a big deal, but no, I'm, I'm absolutely still human. And so when, when people kind of look at, uh, at, uh, at, at dear Jazzy as a show and then like, the people that, you know, all of us were like, it, the show is called Dear Jazzy, but the fact of the matter is Fani has a huge role in it. Juice, your artwork attracts so many people to the show. It is absolutely like a group effort to put the whole show oh, together. Wow. And the same thing with the usual bet and how we're affiliated with each other and how we're family and like doing all the things and we're like a crew and we do a bunch of stuff together and we're all friends and we all create and promote each other and like build each other up. It's, it's hard to hear just like, Oh, I want to be a part of that. I want to be part of your family. It's like, I mean, you, you can't, well, if I can't, then it's a click and it's like, Ooh, that, right. that, that hurts. That, that stings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the fuck we got off on that tangent. <laughs> It was about people uh, coming into your life and wanting to re-enter your life. Levels of friendship. Mm -hmm. That's how. Yeah, I had big thoughts about that the other day. Where um, uh, am I allowed to go on? Like, which would y'all be comfortable with me getting into a little bit of a a personal heavier topic? Yeah, for a minute. Go for it. Well, go ahead. Yeah, of course. Yeah, safe space. Yeah. um, No, no and for real, this, this is, is a little a bit of a space. a reminder to the larger community as well that like parasocial relationships do exist. Um, mm. It is very, very easy to think of content creators and public figures as not people, but rather businesses who um, owe you excellent customer service all the time. Right. Mm. And and owe you sort of their, their best foot forward and their uh, attention and things like that. Um, I've had a bit of a difficult time getting into, um, ABDL and like enjoying that, that side of me because it's felt more like a commodity than like a a thing that I have actively enjoyed before on my own. Uh, it feels like 
I need to have that side of me as a service to the community rather than as a thing for myself. Um, so I've had complicated feelings going into into like Capcom mode um, where it's like, well, whenever I show up to the con, what's it going to be like for me? Because all of my little stuff is in my garage and it has been for six months. I have not looked at it or touched it or anything like that. Every time I think about it, I'm like, eh, do I care for it? I have all these negative feelings surrounding it because it feels like every time I try to be a serious person, someone who I'm barely acquainted with, like a level one or two friendship, sees that as a service that they can respond to as um, someone who knows me better, someone who wants to play with me and belittle me and... Um, see me as a as a brat who needs to be taken down a peg right mm-hmm. yeah um and it's it's only happened a couple of times a small handful of times but it's made me sort of afraid of like showing any sort of little side because i'm like oh that's gonna invite something mm-hmm. <laughs> a certain group and, of people you don't want to really yeah. or you don't feel close enough or comfortable being exactly. in a very vulnerable position with yeah yeah like I don't want to show any vulnerability at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just because it invites people to want to be part of my inner circle and be like, oh, oh, I'm a person that you can trust. And I'm like, okay, but are you? Mm-hmm. Have you proven Have you proven that to me? Have you shown that? And have you shown more than just almost like I haven't, social infatuation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had enough time to feel out the vibes to be perfectly comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm already a person who deals with ADHD, rejection, sensitive dysphoria, all these things. So it's a little harder for me to like get into it with people in the first place. Like it, it takes me a long time of like neutral ground um, to really feel comfortable with people. So whenever right. they come along a little stronger, I'm like, ah, no, mm. I'm going to go back into my hole and I'm going to hide forever. Yeah. Yeah. Capcom's going to be interesting. Bonnie, do you share this emotion and that is, do you feel like sometimes people look at you as more of a character than a human? Absolutely. What about mm. you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it it doesn't help that I've drawn my my myself, the character that I share a username with. Mm. Um, and I say myself with with air quotes as this little bimbo, you know? So it's, it is easy to conflate me with my original character. Mm. I got that quote from Kerrang! magazine, which is a uh, a rock and metal uh, publication in the UK. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. they are obsessed with my chemical romance. And um, right. they interviewed yeah. Frank Iero, who is a rhythm guitarist and also like a personal legend of mine. I actually have his autograph mm-hmm. framed right above, like where I have like the records that I did mounted on my wall and like my degree and my certification and like posters from like shows I put together and like my achievement wall. I have that autograph up there. He's, he means a lot to me. And um, mm-hmm. I saw him and I waited in. I got to the back of the autograph line. Kind of like how I always get to the back of the line when you're going up to your professor after class ends, after lecture ends to kind of like, you know, just like be like, oh, oh, don't you know, don't mind me. I'm just in the back. Oh, get to me when you get to me. It's like a very Midwest, very Canadian thing, I think. Um, yes. Very Canadian of me. And um, 
so it's my turn in line and this is immediately after my chem had broken up 2014 i went to this show it was very fresh for frank and he was having a lot of feelings about my chem because mcr was his life that was that was that's what he did he was in that is like his whole thing was MCR. He loved the shit out of that band and still does. Cause MCR mm-hmm. is back, but I was at the show and, um, it was myself, a gaggle of like 14 bajillion screaming, uh, teenagers all wearing MCR shirts and their parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there was me fellow musician, obviously nowhere close to appear because he's a millionaire and I'm effectively a no one, but you know, I was there and I was watching him as like, we as like musician watching another musician. And so all the, all the people, all the kids were going up to him in line. When's MCR getting back together? When's MCR going back together? Exactly. Yeah. And I went up to him and asked, Hey, how are your kids doing? And I just like saw something in him change like like his like he was glazed over before but then i saw something in his brain like he like came back and he was like actively listening and i got to talk to him for like maybe like a minute and a half and nice frank does not hug people Mm -hmm. he offered a hug it was it was this really beautiful formative moment where i understood something really important about artists and parasocial relationships. And that's at the end of the day, no matter how big someone is, they're still a human. And why, um, when I saw MCR in Detroit during the return tour, um, I was like, Oh yeah, that's Frank. Like, not Mm -hmm. as like, that's my buddy, but that's, that's a human being. That's another musician. I've spoken to him and I know that he's just a guy. He's not like a superhero. He and he's also not someone he does not remember me. He does not know me, but he's a guy that I spoke to. And and mm-hmm. that's cool. And like I realized in that moment, just like, you know, that whole like hero worship thing was so weird. And bringing it all back to that Kerrang article that I brought up, um, he was talking and this was uh I think written in 2013, 2014, where he was talking about how he, his dislike for my chem fan fiction. And he said that he didn't like himself being turned into commodified into a character. He wasn't a character Mm -hmm. in some teenager's erotic fanfic. He's a real human being. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, that hits hard. And it's like, wow that that really hits and i realized the optics of saying that story immediately after talking about our fanfic contest but like we're doing it's true we are asking for it though that's the difference literally asking for it as like a very tongue-in-cheek fun silly thing but Mm -hmm. the whole parasocial relationship between creator and consumer is a lot and um We're more than just the product that we create. Exactly. And not to be ungrateful for our positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, this is this is wonderful. The amount of opportunities that I've gotten just from, you know, being part of this, being known, uh, getting to meet new people. Amazing. Amazing. I wouldn't give it up for the world. It's just I think uh, it needs to be said. People need to be reminded in general that that content creators have lives. (laughs) Yeah, that. Yeah, we're not little robots that do customer service all the time and are here for your entertainment. We do have lives. And we do have lives that are affected by how we're treated online. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, um, <laughs> um, well, actually, it's not funny, but it's just like, you know, if I don't have time to hang out with you at Capcom, it does not mean I hate you. Yes. Please understand. Yes. That. I have a very limited amount of time to see all these people. <laughs> yep. I have friends who hate the spoon theory. But it's true. Sometimes you only have so many spoons and some people, if you're close to, you feel more comfortable being around them. And it costs less social spoons Mm -hmm. to be around certain people than it is to be others. Like I've I've gotten my share of of people reaching out to me and, you know, they don't really know me as a person. But I it, it do what it feels like. It feels like like I like doing karaoke, but I don't feel comfortable singing when there's people I don't know in the room and there's also mm-hmm. like, it's that first person, like that my first impression of me is, is going to be me singing, you know, Gordon Lightfoot songs really, really badly. <laughs> like it's fun doing it around my friends. I feel more comfortable and open and safe around the people mm-hmm. I know. And it's, uh, it's hard to, to, to like, turn on like i need to be alone for a chunk of time like i know at cap there's going to be times where i'm going to need to go back to my room just to escape even for just like 20 minutes or a half hour just to kind of get my bearings because there might be a lot going on um but at least i know i'm not alone and that there's people i know there and Mm -hmm. also knowing that they have their own things to do and i'm not like a hanger on you know that's how i was um at conventions and especially at cap last year is there were a lot of things that I missed, including the emo prom where I was just like, I'm at my limit. I need to go now. I'm at my sensory yeah. limit. I've run out of spoons and you do not want to see me on forks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, um, you also don't need to see us to have a good convention. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. Yeah. That, and that's a big thing. Yeah. yeah, because I know a lot of these these people that I'm going to be hanging out with so well, there's going to be a lot of topics that come up that I'm comfortable talking about with them, like bits of my personal life that I'm not going to be comfortable talking about with fans of the show or acquaintances or anything like that. So if I yeah. say to someone, I'm sorry, I'm not really up to hanging out with um, anyone other than these specific people right now, it's probably because I want to talk about something a little more private. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not no, you. Yeah, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> not because I don't like you. It's there are other things at play. It's funny because last year I was drinking really heavily, like I was the mm-hmm. year before, because I like to party and have fun. And like there is the rumor of like, oh, Jazzy didn't talk to me because she's an alcoholic. And I'm just like, oh honey. <gasps> Where did honey. that come from? Whoa. Uh, I know. I I laugh at it because it's such a ridiculous claim. But just like every time I tried to talk to Jazzy, she had a bottle of Malibu in her hand. It's just like, honey, no. 
honey, I'm, I'm. This is like the one time of the year I get to really let loose. Exactly. It's just like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm very classy yeah. with my drinking outside of Capcom. I'm very trashy with my drinking at Capcom because it's a convention and we're partying and yes. having fun. But um, um, oh, to to bring us back to a previous topic, I did want to talk yeah. to Juice about um, parasocial relationships and the expectation to be uh, a business person in animation. Like in your yes. real life, do you ever get treated like like a, a business rather than a person as an animator? Oh, absolutely. You know, I like I don't as much as I love what I do. As much as I love drawing, it's not the entirety of my life. You know, I don't go I don't go home and still the problem with being a creative person. I think we've discussed this before, is that uh, with a creative person, that that part of your brain doesn't turn off. Mm-hmm. So like uh, an electrical contractor will do their job. But when they punch out at five, they're not going home and thinking about their electrical contracting. You know, they'll think about watching TV or drinking a beer or, or doing their other hobbies. But when you're a creative minded person, when you're when your outlet is creative and it's also your job um it's taxing after a while so like i go home and i still think creatively and i can't turn that off and it's actually gets it gets very tiresome and um there's a lot of people who expect that this is my life like this is all i think about and on the surface Mm -hmm. it might seem like yeah I, i love what i do and i'm passionate about it hence i think about it all the time but not always you know i don't i don't go home and 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 dream about the things I I, I draw every day. I used to mm-hmm. I, I used to be a workaholic, and I used to work like crazy. And, and according to a partner I had, um, they saw me um, animating in my sleep. Wow! <laughs> oh my goodness! Where they saw me laying flat on my back, and I used to you know I used to do stuff on paper. So you you'd flip yeah. the drawings, you'd roll them, you put oh, each yeah, piece and you of. Would do... Yeah, you put yeah. each finger, if you roll the pages, you put each each page or sheet between your fingers kind of loosely, and you can kind of roll them like this. And like then a if flip you need book. Kind of like a flip yeah, book, yeah, but yeah. you're kind of rolling them, and you can see the action. I have like five drawings at a time, and I can roll it. And then I would draw, and then if I needed to edit something, I could, I could do it and go back and forth, kind of like playback in a way. Mm-hmm. So they saw me lying flat on my back in bed, rolling. And drawing and drawing on my yeah. back and that was back when that's all I it's my living breathing moment I gave so much to my career and I got sick over it and I it, it affected my social life my mental health my uh, my actual physical medical health it, it was mm-hmm. um, it was a lot but there are people who still come up to me and they're like oh my god you must like you know you must be drawing all the time and I can't do that anymore Mm-hmm. Or like there's a, or like you mentioned before, like the, the character that you draw yourself as is like you're not. That's an. Ex, it's weird that it's like they have they share the name, your name, and yeah, people and just people that assume that. that it's it's like a window into your life, and it's like no, this right. is a, this is fanciful, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. being in. It's like being. It's just do what it is in a weird way, comparing it to going back to ABDL. It's like people assume like you must like do this all the time. And it's like, I don't like, I don't, I don't wear diapers every day. I don't, I don't think about it all the time. It makes me happy. It's a source of comfort, but like, it's I don't live effort. this life. Yeah. It's effort. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of like, uh, again, bringing spoons. It takes spoons to do that. And it's different for everybody else. But like, 
I don't live this 24 seven. I might draw it, but I don't, this is not all that I draw. I don't do, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have other things I do and other things I draw and I have other commitments and I have, and I actually now love the fact that I have a life now. I have a life outside of this computer, the, my, my, my screen, my drawing, uh, apparatuses that I use to draw every day are not no longer this ball and chain I need to sit at all the time. Right. I've unshackled myself from it. Now I could be like, let me go. um, I'm going to go out. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to see friends. I'm going to go to a restaurant with friends. I'm going to socially drink with some friends. I'm going to go mini golfing or whatever it is I'm going to be doing. And um, I know that it'll always be there when I get back, but like, it's not the entirety of my life anymore. And same with like, even just this past week, I, I, last night I wore, I put on a little King and it was the first time I've worn in a probably well over a month. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many, like I have, like I have an Ottoman style bed and I have so many diapers underneath my bed, like for whenever I need them. I don't know if I'll ever, ever use most of them because they're literally just going to sit there because I can't, live that i can't be that thing that people expect me to be i don't do this all the time and i think that's um, pretty common to like just have a stash and then look at it and psych yourself out of touching it oh my god i do it all the time i'll be like oh i have somewhere to be tomorrow at noon i guess i won't wear tonight (laughs) i've got 18 hours oh no It's, it's the same it's the same sensibility that you have when like listen i'd love to go to lunch today but i i gotta go to the airport but isn't your flight yeah. at like 8 p.m.? We want to meet at like 11 a.m. And it's like, I, I know, but like, I can't. Knowing it's there, my whole day is shot. I just can't have fun. Mm-hmm. That it's is like such that. An it's, it's, mood. it's a very, it is. I, mood. I, yeah. So like, I can't. I'll find, I'll, and I'll also, because I'm, I'm the type of person who always self sacrifice and always found excuses to feel like, oh, I didn't earn a good thing. So I'm not going to give myself the good thing. Mm-hmm. I would find reasons to not do the things I want to do. Yeah, I want to do this. Oh, but I didn't do that. Or, oh, I don't, I have, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't deserve this. So like, I do that too. I know we've gone on a long detour from what we were originally talking about. And that's just how people, it's all topical. It's exactly what I hoped would happen. Actually, this is exactly what I was rooting for. But it's how like people perceive you. Like, I don't like going to cap. Like it's, and the funny thing is, and and going back to what you were saying, um, I'm going to be in a weird way and I thought this would just be fun and I'm and I'm thinking about the other side of the coin of it now. I'm going I'm like cosplaying as myself. Right. So, yes. So Such. like I this is so profound. I, I bought um because when I draw on my avatar, I always draw myself with the little orange hat, the little kind of rat catcher's cap with the little button on the top and the and the brim. Um, and then I have like a like an orange kind of cadmium red shirt and then green overalls. And I draw myself kind of like a little Peanuts character, like like a little Peanuts baby drawing with crayons. And I bought stuff. And I actually, our, our friend, Miss um, Lemon, who has an amazing Etsy store, by the way, and, and sews sure and does. makes beautiful stuff as well, um, is making me the green overalls. And I'm going to have those a cap. And there's going to yeah. be times where I thought about at the art panel. It's like, hey, you know who I am. You see my avatar. Look, here I am. But it's not. That's a, that's like an alias. That's like another part of me. That's really like an imagined fantasized version of me that I wish mm-hmm. I could be. But I'm not. But do people are people going to see that and now get the idea that that is me? I'm living what I am. Am I putting on that 
facade? Am I or am I living that facade? It At is what it is. They're only going to be seeing you uh, for like a very, very short amount of your right. time. Yeah. And also be on. I'll be like on. So like yeah. when I'm performing yeah. or if I'm doing something or if I'm in a, in, a, in a group of people, especially a lot of people I don't know if I'm putting on a, a, a show, I'm going to be being J- Mr. Jokey, wacky. Hey, look at me. <laughs> and then like I'll be the, I'll be literally the another times so I'll be literally the quietest person in the room. I think Robin Williams was the same way where he would always be on when the camera was on those people around. He'd always be like, let me be the clown. Let me be on. Let me. Just have stuff spill out of my mouth and make you laugh. And then he would go. And then when he was off stage or he was on the side, he'd be very introspective and quiet and just sort of have very little energy. Yeah. And I think I'm kind of the same way where I just I don't I'm very different. I'd be more into soaking it in than being the moment, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, I absolutely also I did a very I did an unflattering drawing of Jazzy in the chat. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Tell the... us about these drawings. <laughs> yeah, these are okay. really really good. <laughs> so I did one of I did like a weird like off model speckles and yeah. someone is mentioning about like riding apparently him. riding them like a bucking bronco and a, and it's probably most likely Jazzy. It absolutely and then is. I drew Jazzy. I don't know why I drew this expression. I just kept adding to it and it's just Jazzy. <laughs> Almost like a cross between like an Ed and Nettie character. I don't know. And just going, <laughs> you totally. guys. You guys. And you have me in like, you know why it looks like Ed and Nettie? It's because I'm wearing the black beanie. You're wearing a black yeah. double double D beanie. Yeah. And this is the beanie yeah. that I wear when it's just like my hair is currently too short to put up into a ponytail. And also I What does it, it say? Does it say go away? Yeah, it says go away. On <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Which is so like actually is a perfect segue because it's so funny because I am an incredibly introverted person. No one believes me when I say that, but I am very introverted. And so I feel like a lot of time when I'm a condition, I am like on everything and jazzy Jasmine starshine as a character represents a lot of my, the antithesis to a lot of my shortcomings and things that I can't be. So it's a lot easier to, interface as the character Jasmine Starshine than it is to sometimes be the person Jasmine Starshine. And it's like, you see my humanity come out when I'm like hanging out in real life with people or like with people that I'm really close with. Like, cause when I, when I do the show, it's like, I, f- I often forget that it's a podcast that's going up on the internet. And I just, a lot of the times I feel like I'm just having a conversation with friends because I don't listen mm-hmm. back to the podcast once it's out. Oh and, yeah. And that's why it come. That's why the show comes off so natural at times because I'm not on. Well, I am on, but I'm not like on, like I'm performing, like I'm Jasmine Starshine. And there are some times where, you know, the episode does call for that. But like, um, like when we grabbed pizza, uh, juice i and then luna and joe we were like that was one of my fa- that was like one of my favorite memories from cat yeah. too it was just that m- quiet moment where we're just sitting and eating pizza together exactly yeah and it's because we got to be off we got to turn off like a lot of things we could just be human and be ourselves and like uh, interact with each other in that way and it was really nice and really healing um mm-hmm. 
And so when I put on my fursuit, right, or when I'm like, when I am like very intentionally, like I am being Jasmine Starshine, whether I'm in suit or out of suit, it represents like the things that I can't be, which is like bubbly all the time and extroverted and like wacky and high energy. And it's really useful to be able to have that character that I can like method act as to be I can act out all of the all of my shortcomings and the things that I am not naturally and it's really really useful and I and a lot of furries actually report that feeling and that's what a lot of fursuiters feel as well it's like oh I don't have to be human I can just like be my own alter ego character and do the thing yeah. and it's not to say like I'm I'm insincere when I'm interacting people when I'm like turned on, but it's like, it's a skill that I have and I often need in order to like exist in a space and not lose my spoons and that sort of thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. I have a bit of an interesting phenomena where like, I am more of an extroverted person. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me to be, to be on and social and not get puckered too, too easily. Like I can do an easy eight hour day around people. Um, it sounds like hell, <laughs> but I find it exhausting to be in like a, a reserved professional and put on my work Sona, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, um, tucking myself into this little professional box for showing up at work and being like, okay, I can't swear. I can't be weird. Oh no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, my usual vocabulary is, like, every second word is fuck. And sure, I might be a little cringe for that, but... uh, Welcome to my my fucking world. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, so I think the the con is going to be interesting because I I feel like I'm going to have to put on that professional work sona for situations here and there. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a ride. Mm -hmm. I love being in my work Sona because people leave me the fuck alone. Oh my gosh. It's just yeah. me, Pro Tools, and my in my macro shortcut keyboard. And no one, <laughs> the only time people bother uh-huh. me is when I send them uh is when I send them test I almost call it a build, it's not programming. Uh test render of their of their music or of their video i'm just like here like a little work in progress file exactly or it's just Mm -hmm. like i i love just being able to just like be to put on the headphones and just zone in and work and then the result of it is i don't listen to music for the rest of the day because i get ear fatigue and it's like oh yeah yeah oh yeah i get eye fatigue where i'm like yeah or like Sometimes I'll just look at a stylus and I'll just go, uh. <laughs> anything that looks remotely like, oh, can you sign this thing? Can you pick up this utensil and, and make make lines with, with no. this utensil using your hand? And it's like, uh, uh, I'll look at my iPad and I'll literally be like, I just get my stomach. My stomach will just go uh, and like twist. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. I'm done. Kind of like yeah. you, Juice. I had, this, I had this dream when I was like first like – when I first became an audio producer and I was really hitting the bricks and like on the grind and like doing the thing and like working, 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 I was still in the band. I was still in my old band at this point. So my life was, and I was also a college student. So I was just like always on, I was living, breathing and shitting music 24 oh, yeah. seven. And in my sleep, 
I was in a hotel. Uh, I think it was like a band related thing, actually. <clears throat> I was with uh, bandmates in a hotel room and they look over and they just see me. I'm under the sheets and they just see the sheets moving by my crotch. And so they throw off the sheet and it's I have my picking hands and I have oh. like and I have it in like the I'm trying to show the camera. There we go. I have it like how I hold my pick and I was doing down picks and then my left oh, hand no. was up in the air fretting different chord shapes. And I was just, and that's when I realized it was like, oh, fuck, I'm in really deep, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I try to like for a long time, I would try to justify like those feelings to be like at the same time nobody ever put a gun to my head and said hey draw mm-hmm. i chose this life so i might as mm-hmm. i have to live with it but at the same time it's like i have i also have to know where my limits are and i have to know yeah i can stop you know it's the same as it's in a way it's almost like being a, uh, an alcoholic is that mm-hmm. you're a workaholic is you don't know when to stop and when to pace yourself and when to give yourself time to breathe and uh, mm-hmm. time to, to reevaluate and to think about your, what's important. And I had to do that too, but it's like weird. Yeah. Just, and then waking the worst is waking up in the morning. Oh man. When I would, when I would sleep dream that I made something really wonderful and I wake up and it just, it's gone. Exist. Oh my God. And then also, yeah. also you work the whole night. So you're not rested. Yeah. And I'm the, t- yeah. and also I'm the type of person that only gets about two to four hours sleep a night. So like, I don't know how I function. I try, I try to explain like I don't know. And anybody who's like, "Oh man, I wish I didn't have to sleep. I would get so much work done." And I'm like, "No, no. it's fuck, exhausting. Fuck, fuck you. That. Six ways to Sunday. I don't. I I'm tired and exhausted. And even if and if I had that time, if I knew I would get that time back, mm-hmm. um, I certainly wouldn't be drawing during that time. No." Mm. Yeah, it's funny because I, I, as a kid, I used to hear these stories about all these amazing animators at Disney who spent like fifty years making all these wonderful classic films. It's like, oh man, they must have loved what they did. And then I find out later that most of them had like hobbies outside of art, like or it was just a job. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, me drawing Lady and the Tramp eating spaghetti. Yeah, that's my day job. But when I go home, I don't draw. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I I do one of them. You know, made trains or did fly or fly fishing or they sculpted or some of them drew but they had other outlets besides like the very specific world of that company they would do like avant-garde art or kinetic art or they would do mag um illustrations for like the equivalent of like mad magazine or like something that they knew that it was using different muscles and Mm um they don't live they couldn't live breathe and 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 also, the, that's another thing, too, is I realized that a lot of the people who drew really well in the studio, when they would draw at home or draw in their own time, their drawings were actually, like, dog shit. Like, yeah. because it wasn't... Because yeah, they can only draw on model. Or they can only draw in a very specific kind of uh, way. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, way, and it the didn't reason, matter what they drew, like, at home. Right. So it's like, I don't... I, I can't be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was fed sort of this this idealized way of doing things. And that was also that was very that was wrong. That was I was seeing a very uh, weird viewpoint, but I wasn't getting the whole picture of it. Yeah, uh, well, I, no, it, it's so easy for productivity to be glorified and for the person who is most productive to be the winner. Right. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. And if you're not the winner, you're the loser. 
Right. Or at least in your own mind, you are, especially if you've got uh, rejection sensitive dysphoria and you want to please people. Oh, my God. That's me every fucking day of my life. Just I diagnosed always, you. I always. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always I always want to be. I always want to. You know, that's why it's hard for me to do like commissioned art is because mm -hmm. I want to give them the, the best thing possible. You know, you obviously spent money and I don't know the value of my art. I'm trying to figure out what my prices would be now. And it's like. I need to charge what I think my art is worth, but I'm the type of person who's not used to thinking that my art has worth. One million dollars. We just had yeah. that conversation when we were, uh, when <laughs> in one of our meetings about the cartoon that we're going to talk about. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was just like, Ooh, ho hum. I don't know what to charge you. It's easy. It's easy to do that for other, for other people be like, Oh, I'll gladly pay whatever you, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, I'll tell other people like, you're doing hard work, pay what you think is right. And then I'll tip you or give you exactly what you need. And for me, it's like, how much should I pay you? I'm like, Oh, well, buy me lunch. It's like, Oh, you spent yeah. like eight hours on this thing. You know, there's more, I could yeah. do more than like, that. I don't know. I, I'm happy with $15 an hour. And then, oh. you know, you give me the amount of money that you did. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Oh, thank, thank you. Yeah. I can afford so many things. The, um, so. and, and this is just like, first thing that came to my mind, I don't want to lose it, but it amazed me uh, in the like OG company of Disney, just how many of them were into model trains and like little miniature sculpting. That made me really happy. Mm. Oh yeah. There was a lot of guys who were into trains and then that bled into Walt. And then Walt was like, I want a train. And then so he, <laughs> he sure did. And then, and then he wanted, he got his own train. He made his train in his backyard and his wife, hated him for it because the backyard was all done over and now had a train track running through it of a scale railroad. Yeah. And he's like, would it be great but if we had one of these around the Disney lot? And then, he <laughs> wanted to do that and then it evolved and evolved and evolved and then eventually grew into Disneyland. Yep. Yeah. So like, it's amazing just because a guy is like, oh, I'm into old fashioned crap. I'm into trains. And he looked at his wife and said, are you not into trains? Yeah. My favorite. Oh, I have a, I have a, it doesn't, out of context, it makes no sense, but I love Walt for an anniversary present, bought his wife a, a, a this um, a petrified tree. Oh, wow. Like a tree that was clearly thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, and it was petrified. Oh. And he got it as, like, I think it was, like, his 25th or 30th wedding anniversary present. And he's like, you know, Lillian, my love for you is as strong as this. I bought you this petrified tree to show how strong our bond is, whatever. And he she was like walt uh you know i appreciate the sentiment but what the fuck am i going to do with this tree you got me this fucking this petrified fucking tree what do you want me to what like what am i am i supposed to what put it in the backyard and look at it and what and he's like fine i'll put it in disneyland people appreciate it there and there it stays and no one has appreciated it since Aww. so it's sitting there and every time i go to disneyland i always sit near this big petrified tree that has a plaque on it that says like Walt gave this present to his wife Lillian as a as an anniversary present and uh, he brought it, and then he brought it to Disneyland and has it displayed here it's called because his wife didn't fucking want it in his, in their yard mm -hmm. fine yeah. I'll bring it to Disneyland they'll 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 like it there people pass by it and they're like what is that I don't care and they just walk over to pirates or mm -hmm. like whatever so I don't know I have a big chunk of petrified wood. It has a lot of uh, context in Wiccan and pagan circles. So I actually think that's really cool. Whenever I see a petrified, like a whole petrified tree, I'm like, holy shit. 
because they're so incredibly rare. Yeah. Whenever you guys decide to come out and visit, I always bring friends to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Disneyland and I'll show you the tree. And then yeah. you'd be like, that's a tree. Sure. Is, yeah. that a churro, <laughs> is that a churro stand over there? And then we'll go get a churro. and. Yeah. 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 We've got uh, one of those petrified trees in one of our parks here that I've seen before. And it just looks like a rock. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a big white rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It basically is. Oh, shit. Do you hear that? Do, do you hear it coming? Bonnie, do you oh, hear gosh. that? Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. What's that in the background? It's right here. They're shouting, oh, my God, it's special interest theater. And welcome back to Special Interest Theater, the show within a show. My name is Jasmine Starshine. I'm Stelfana ABDL. And I'm Joseph Boxtrot. <laughs> for the purposes of this show <laughs> for the purpose of this episode that is my name uh mm-hmm. Fani, you have corsetry for your special interest theater i do i do it's something that i've been into for a very long time uh like back in the day when i was like starting to get into fashion of course i would like look at orchard corsets and corset story and stuff like that and be like "Ooh, they're so pretty i want them so bad and i tried uh back in i want to say 2009 or 2010 to make my first corset based off of a costume pattern um, that I picked up from the sewing store, um, not realizing that it was a like fashion slash costume corset and not something that would um, help to mold my body into a certain shape or anything like that. And it wouldn't be as comfortable as something made for like actual corsetry. Um, so I made this corset and then wore it and I used... I want to say it was like swimsuit slash lingerie boning, which is very soft plastic, um, which has wonderful, wonderful uses if used correctly. But I used it in this air quotes corset and it was uncomfortable. It pinched me in weird ways, like where my his, where my uh, waist dips in, it uh, folded like in half on itself and dug in. Um and after that, I was like, ugh, making corsets is stupid. And I might as well, might as well just like buy professionally made corsets. Um, I don't know how anyone could do this. Uh, and it took me a very long time to come around to um, modern, like in the last maybe three or four years, modern um, makers who made their own corsets very successfully with just the things that they had uh, available to them through like slightly more specialized stores. Um, and so I got into making my own by following like historical instructions and modern instructions. And it's been a lot of fun to play around with things and, uh, use a professionally made pattern as a jumping off point to then make my own patterns and figure it out for myself, which, uh, as any hobbyist knows, it's so much easier to like start from a kit and then figure out where you can break the rules and start breaking the rules from there. And that's essentially what I did. I started from a kit. I started from a prescribed list of these are your materials. This is your pattern. This is what you're making. Follow all these steps and you'll have a corset. Um, and I did. Uh, it was a little little easier than I expected it to be. But only slightly easier. It was still a pain in the ass to make this 1860s style corset. And the 1860s style corset emphasizes your, your waist to hip ratio quite a bit. Um... I love it. Love it to bits and pieces. It's very comfortable. Uh, I was able to modify it to fit my specific shape just a little bit. I'm taller, so I elongated the pattern just a little bit. I added an inch to the length of it so that it would fit 
uh, where my bust and my hips and my waist line up. Um, ended up being not the prettiest thing, but for a first corset, like first proper corset, um, it was great. Loved it. And then after that, I branched out into more historical styles because stays like those um, sort of lace up in the front style ones with the with the straps that go over your shoulders, uh, like the cottage core style corset that you see everywhere uh, have become mega popular. And I was like, I'm going to learn how to make my own. So I've made two sets, um, one for a cosplay that I'm planning on creating in the next five years or so, because we all know how cosplay plans go. Um <laughs> And the other set was for a friend of mine who saw this one quilted set online being sold for a reasonable amount of money for a handmade piece. They were $300. And she was like, but I want mine to be very specific. How do I make it myself? And so I walked her through all the steps and helped her out to make those ones. And it ended up being the most beautiful little brown and tan and purple set of uh, quilted stays without the little... Um, sort of tabs at the bottom uh, so that they look like uh, a little fashion fashion corset they're great I love it whenever she wears them over a like a button up shirt looks super cool it does sound um, super cool yeah and then I uh, tried my hand at a like a little underbust corset just to see what I could do with like making more of like a fashion piece that isn't based on history at all uh, had a ton of fun with that um, just use some scraps from my uh, sewing stash. Like the inside of all of my corsets um, is kutil, C-O-U-T-I-L. And it's this very densely woven fabric that uh, it's closer to like, um, think of like a canvas or a denim or something like that, like a very stiff, unforgiving material that is meant to hold the, the shape of the clothing that you give it and not stretch. So that whenever you wear it, it's going to help your body um, sort of fit into this this slightly changed shape that you want it to be um, and not distort the, the, the corset by pushing out at it and, and stretching it out and stuff like that. So um, all of my corsets are based in kutil, but I've seen people use uh, twill and other different fabrics and non-specialized fabrics. Denim. I've seen people use denim. Um, like 100% cotton denim because it doesn't have like a, a stretchy stuff in it. Um, and I love the denim corsets. Like I kind of want to take some of the, the dead pairs of jeans that I've got in my wardrobe and also cut those up and make them into corsets because, I mean, what else am I going to do with the denim? Um, and there is uh, a time and a place for many different kinds of corsets. Um, I don't believe in shitting on fashion corsets they have a time and a place i believe on shitting on uh i believe in shitting on um poor quality corsets like corsets that definitely cut corners and use uh really poor quality boning like the really shitty very flexible plastic or uh a really terribly um like a a really poor quality fabric for it like a costume satin um some costume satins are wonderful and some are not <laughs> like if it looks like it's part of a $5 Halloween costume, I don't want it. Um, and there are a lot of companies that definitely cut corners in that way. 
and companies that will sell you something and be like, oh, this is the really high quality. It's a beautiful corset. And you get it and you're like, this is not meant to fit anyone. What is this? As someone I am, who is... Oh, I'm sorry. I am not shaped like a, like a ketchup squeeze bottle. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh, the drawing? Uh, no, uh, I'm talking about like... you order a, a corset from online and it comes in and it's, it's a tube. Oh my God, much. this drawing. Yeah. Oh, I, I did a drawing. <laughs> Thank uh, goodness that's not how any of mine end up making me feel because I make them for my specific right. measurements. Who wants to do the alt text on this one? Uh, Juice drew a, a figure. I'm not going to say it's a me or not me. He drew a figure um, that is loosely me based. Um, Wearing a, a very tight, like, think of a literal hourglass of a mm. corset. And it's uh, pinching around the middle. And it, that is honestly my first, air quotes, corset that I ever made. <laughs> it's and they are red in the face because it's too tight. It might be the width of this character's spine on a good day. <laughs> true. Maybe. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, I apologize for interrupting you a second ago. Uh huh. No, no, it's all good. I'm, I'm just about done. I just, I think they're neat. There's so many different ways to make them, and so many different years that you can take inspiration from. And it's, if you already know how to sew, it's definitely a, an interesting avenue to go down. Or if you don't know how to sew and you want to source them online and get other people to make them for you, also a very cool thing to get into. So yeah, corsetry. I love it. So I am. Uh the person who's familiar with corsets because when I was 18 and 19, I did drag a little bit. I'll just send you the pictures. Um, hmm. but yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I know firsthand, like if you wear an ill fitting corset or a corset made with bad materials, it can hurt you. And yes. And so you're not being exclusionary with people who maybe can't afford bespoke and high quality corsets it's a matter of like low quality corsets can literally hurt you and crack ribs yes yeah i had a friend of mine who once wore a really not fitting corset and they cracked like three of their ribs mm -hmm. oh fuck. While they, were, they were at a party and they were yeah. like i don't want to leave but i'm in pain and they didn't realize that they were they actually broke ribs they, yeah they, yeah they put it on too tight yeah and i understand the the film industry corset ban that was kind of handed out fairly recently. Um, it is important to understand that the ban is because the costume industry and the film industry does not prioritize comfort. It prioritizes looks and time efficiency. So these actors and actresses do not get the time to be fitted properly and end up fitting or end up being put in corsets that are um, not comfortable, not fitted um, that, leave them in pain at the end of the day. So whenever you see these actors and actresses in um, interviews after, and they're just like, Oh, corsets are awful. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't eat. It was so terrible. It was torture. I had marks on my skin at the end of the day. It's because they're not given enough time to be put in the right corset for their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. For it's not, the tea it's not the corset. It's the industry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, societal expectations literally yeah. and there is a big difference between like fetish corsetry and costume corsetry and fashion corsetry like it's, it's a whole thing it's a whole thing
This episode of Dear Jazzy is brought to you by AB Universe, the world's leading provider of ABDL and Incon products. If you want to support the show while restocking your petting stash, check out at oddswithgod.com slash sponsors or the sponsors channel in our Discord for 10% off your order of 50 or more. Do you mind if I go go into my special interest theater? I don't want to interrupt or cut you no, off. No, this is your your invitation to talk about the thing that I see on on your list here, the CRT monitor. Wonderful. I, I thought that I was reading the social cue correctly. I'm glad that I was. Um, so behind me, you two can see it because we're having a... If you couldn't tell, the show is not live. We're just... All of us, we're just low energy and we're all crunching for Capcom. So yeah, it's just us in the call. Uh, but behind me, you two can see I have a giant CRT monitor that is dated 2004. And uh, it's because not only am I a bit of a fangirl for cathode ray tubes, because I think the picture quality is superior, the refresh rate is crystal smooth and or butter smooth and just beautiful. And I just love reference monitors and everything. Um, but I just uh, I've had it. I got it a while ago, but it's just been living in my parents' basement. And since I, w I slipped over there this week and I was just like, well, now's a good time as any. I'm just going to, I'm just going to like treat myself, right? I, so I picked up the screen, brought it home in the trunk of my car. And when I got home, uh, the first thing I did was I hopped on the internet and I ordered myself a new desk. Mm -hmm. and I've been needing a new desk for a while now. And so now I finally have a desk that will f that will actually fit four screens. One of them being a giant fucking microwave of a, of a computer screen. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. I I think that CRTs just have this beautiful image. And what I'm going to do with it is uh, since I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft lately uh, on my private server, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go full nostalgia, full. Uh, age regression like tween age regression middle age regression and i'm going to put my uh my vanilla world of warcraft server i'm going on on the crt and i'm just going to play play the game in four by three aspect ratio 800 by 600 resolution the um, way it was meant to be played yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way that people used to experience it. The only difference is that I'll be getting 60 frames and not two frames a second. Yeah. But uh, I am I could not be more excited. Um, one of my friends moved to Germany and on her way out, she gave me a CRT television and I was like, oh, fuck, yes, finally, because I've been on the hunt for a good or just like any CRT television for years. Are now. they that rare? The, I mean, you can pick them up on tree lawns, uh, anywhere oh, yeah. on trash night, eh? But like, it's so hard because people snipe them up because they know that they're valuable now. Because uh, gamers on eBay will pick them up for like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, and now people are like, "Oh, my Pokemon cards could be worth money." The same crowd of people are going, "My old TV could be worth money," and the so speculative market. Yeah, exactly. It's like totally reactive and like people, you know, the prices are spiking for these shitty old TVs. And she yeah. just gave it to me because she's moving across the Atlantic Ocean. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take a free CRT. So I hooked up my PlayStation to it. I hooked up my GameCube to it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, the reason why they're so cool 
Number one, no input lag. No input mm-hmm. lag because it's an analog signal. Um, obviously, it's different if it's a computer monitor getting information from the graphics card. Obviously, it's a digital to analog conversion, so there's going to be input lag. But if you're going like straight, you know, the RCA cables from a GameCube into a CRT screen, there's going to be no perceivable input lag at all, which is great. Um, And then since the, uh, since uh, a CRT television is effectively a particle accelerator that fires electrons at the opposite end of the glass, which is why you feel the static coming off of it and why you can like get little zappies because it's literally a, a particle accelerator on a very small scale, firing electrons at the speed of light. It, it's just a very incredible piece of technology. Uh, but since it's that kind of image, the refresh rate is nuts. Like um, the refresh rate on my monitors on, on this screen, they're, they're a bit low. They're 60 and 75 respectfully, which is, you know, I'll just, I'll just say it with my chest. It's dog shit, but I don't want to mm-hmm. drop, $300 on a gamer monitor because that's stupid. But my iPad, uh, the iPad pro I have has, I think two forty refresh rate. My phone has two forty refresh rate and it's just butter smooth. And the refresh rate on, um, a lot of CRTs is like 60, 70, 80, but through an optical illusion, it looks like the refresh rate is a lot smoother than it actually is. And what that is, to someone who doesn't know, it's the number of images that the screen draws per second, which is a frame. So it, how many times per second does the screen refresh? It's the refresh rate, the rate at which the image refreshes and gets redrawn on the glass. Um, mm-hmm. And other than that, it, it's just the the colors are also a lot richer i think it's just a very um it really helps get me specifically in headspace because that's what i grew up with uh i grew up with like cassette tapes vhs tapes same um, same big bulky machinery and it's just i'm i'm so excited so the idea of being able to play like because i was it's funny i've been on a kick lately i've been looking at old uh playthroughs of um Spyro the Dragon, which was such a huge game for me as a kid, and there's something about play. I remember distinctly playing that game on my old, you know, my old CRTV. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the the look of it is so unique. And then you see like these, these what do they call it when it's like not upgraded, but when the graphics oh, are like a remaster. Like not even well, the remaster is one thing, upscale? but when it's upscaled, upscale, upscale, yeah. When they're it, it's so, it, I don't know. There's something about the, despite how uh you know the limitations of the of the you know the resolution of an old CRTV it's the fact that all those graphics those limited that limited palette and limited you know polygon look was made specifically so it looked okay on those TVs seeing them mm-hmm. upscaled and seeing them in HD it's like yeah, yeah. It, it's weird it, like the fact that it was on a CRTV hides all the oddly weirdly the imperfections of like the models and the, and the limitations of the of the of the technology at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would love to play like some of the old PlayStation games or, or uh, like crash bandicoot or Spyro on one of those TVs at some point, that would be like awesome. 
You're mm-hmm. exactly it sounds it sounds dreamy. <laughs> yeah, I've Not seen uh, those Final Fantasy uh, comparisons of like this is what the the uh, upscaled one looks like on a modern TV versus one back in the day, and like the um, subtleties of like the facial features are so much more apparent and look correct on the older TV. Exactly, it was made for the older TV. You two are exactly on the money. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy you brought up the N64 specifically because that console is notorious for its uh, the problems with its picture quality. Same with the GameCube, uh, because mm-hmm. both of those consoles were made specifically to be played and designed to be played on CRT. And so Nintendo knew that like with that limitation, there is going to be like that analog fuzz that smoothed everything over. So if you look yeah. at Mario 64 on a CRT, you can truly see just how groundbreaking and incredible it is for the year it came out. And it's it, it truly looks like the Marvel it is or like Mario 64 on an N64 on a TV. Um, yeah. In my professional life, I have done a fair amount of soldering. I'm kind of like, it's weird. I'm really weirdly positioned because in my professional life, I'm kind of like a, I use jack of all trades, master of none. Other people say renaissance woman. I'm not going to accept that compliment outright, but I appreciate the sentiment. I've Mm -hmm. done uh, console mods and a lot of soldering Mm -hmm. work. That's one of my big hobbies is soldering and engineering. And um, there's a mod that you can perform on the N64 and the parts for it are like $200 because they're made in small batches by one dude. And um, it's called the Ultra HDMI mod. And there's a couple others, but Ultra HDMI was the first one to do it. And it works by soldering a flex cable directly to the GPU. And then uh, it has like some chips on there that process the signal. And then at the at the back end of that chain is an HDMI uh, plug. And you can pull the image directly off of the graphics card and put it directly into the TV. Basically is in, in very, very broken down terms how it works. And people are like, oh, the image is so clear. It's crystal clear. And it's just like, I can count the pixels and I don't like that. So it's just like, yeah, you, you can see how yeah. limited the polygon budget was. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can see things that I'm not supposed to see. This is not how I, this is not the intended experience. And it's really suffers. Like if yeah. you play, uh, what was the one game on PS one Ridge racer? Oh, Ridge racer. Yeah. That game was, looks fucking phenomenal on a CRT. Absolutely amazing. But it looks like, dog shit on on anything <laughs> it definitely doesn't look as good I'm, i won't say dog shit but it doesn't look as good maybe i'm thinking of another game i know there's other games that i saw i i went back and i'm like let me see this game that i used to play and then i was like oh god <laughs> oh god yeah i make the oh god face i think well oh man what was the one oh i played a lot of really that's the thing also too back then you would you would not know how bad a game was until you just played it yeah now you just avoid it. But I remember playing, oh, God, what was it? Uh, do you remember Blasto? What the fuck is Blasto? Blasto You're going to have to like, tell us about Blasto. It was like a comedy. It was a comedy game where you play as like a superhero, like a big buff like superhero. He was voiced by Phil Hartman. Oh, ew. And the controls were awful. And it was like this void, like you would walk, run around in this black void. 
with like like in space. You have to look it up. He but looks I remember like a knockoff Mr. Bill Hartman voice. Yeah. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You know, you might remember me oh. from such great things as okay. Gladys, the groovy mule. But he was yeah. he um it was of its time. Really of its time. But yeah, like it yeah. didn't it didn't look I mean, I tried looking up video of it on like upscaled stuff on YouTube and it looks It just looks like shit. <laughs> it looks atrocious. It looks awful. It just it was not make sense. They didn't expect that some of these games like some things they didn't expect that they were going to be viewed in a completely different way. Just like how old, I mean, old filmmakers, how could they imagine that 70 years after they made some of these movies, that people would be viewing them on screens that were only this big on their phones. Yeah. You know? So this is kind of a, a great transition point into your special interest theater juice, but Phil Hartman, is he not Phil Hartman is to animation as Tommy Tallarico is to music and video games that i would not know how to answer because i don't know the the latter person tommy tallarico is an overrated fucking clown whose only real claim to fame is um he did the music for earthworm jim great job Oh, okay started video games live yeah he did video games live he erroneously claims that over 800,000 people were in a stadium watching him do video games live, which would make it one of the largest gatherings in human history. Obviously, this is not yeah. true. He also falsified seven Guinness World Records. Oh, God. And I mean, I wouldn't say the same. I wouldn't say the same. changes as new awards. Yeah. Oh, I see that I you also that watched Hartman. the H-Bomber guy video. <laughs> uh funny sorry who went now did you also watch the h bomber guy video on tommy i absolutely did it oh, was I so fun His you have to send me you have to send me this video i'm curious now we so well yeah there's another two-hour documentary that focuses on his scam video game console called the amico and that's right because he bought oh god that sounds familiar the amico yeah, he bought the trademark to uh, to Intellivision, and he's just like, I'm going to make a new console. I'm going to bring the family back together, put them in the living room. Kind of similar to how Bitch Fartman, he announced his own Christian streaming service and was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have quality Christian programming, and I'm going to have a streaming service, and then it launched in it. In, in, on the oh, you're thinking of Butch Hartman. You said Phil Hartman. Fuck. And I was like, no, and I was like how, could you, how could you say? so horrible things about phil hartman he's not overrated at all and all that stuff and then i didn't mean you I, butch hartman butch. is different yeah F- butch, butch hartman. hartman yeah now i look like an ass oh man no phil phil hartman is not who i was trying to talk about talk about butch uh butch hartman is a is a tool he is a tool just like tommy tallarico oh boy oh my god please send me this tommy tallarico business because yeah, i'm curious dude's a fucking clown I'm his just, house, I, I just drew his house is a mystery his house is a fucking war crime oh and didn't he do like um it was a, a spoof of mtv cribs yeah in his house he recorded a fake mtv cribs that he passed off as a real episode of mtv cribs at Phil Hartman, I know your ghost is listening to the show. I'm sorry for slandering you. I meant Butch Hartman. And I heard Bitch Fartman, so I think you're totally correct. Yeah, Bitch Fartman is very accurate. 
But um, where's the cringe juice? Where is it? I don't see give it. Give us the cringe. It's how I draw my body. That's what my boyfriend looks like. I don't see the cringe. That's how I see my body. It's called body dysphoria. is a is a hell of a drug. The apex, the apex human form. And also, you drew yourself really hot. I'm not sure if you realize this, but you did draw yourself like <laughs> you look good in this. Image. You don't mind the stretch marks and the and the uh, Italian chia pet arms, bruh. If you think that stretch marks and Italian chia pet arms are bad, then I, I guess my body's trash. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. Thanks. Oh, no. So in my in my porn, I intentionally do not edit out my stretch marks because the people like seeing my stretch marks. Mm-hmm. I had I never know. I never know how to feel about my my body. I don't know. You got a lot of the same traits as me, it seems. So I think yeah, it's because I always I used to be a bean pole and then I. I ended up moving to fucking California where everybody drives and nobody walks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, unless you hike, but I don't Who hike. Who the fuck has time for hiking? <laughs> I work in I work in art. Do you think I leave this fucking house more than, you know, except to get food and to get vit- a little bit of vitamin D? But mm-hmm. um, vitamin D yeah. is a scam. <laughs> that's something I yeah. That's something I'm always like going to cap. It's hard. It's hard. Going back to before, we're going way, way back. I, I forgot to mention it before, but they mentioned the cap guide where they said, you know, the escalators aren't working and the elevators and stuff. Like, I am, I probably will bring it because I might have to bring it, but I have a cane. Mm-hmm. And nothing makes me feel more not little and feel inadequate in this community than knowing that. I'm like, I have the body of an 87 year old. I'm 33 years old, but like I walk with a cane. I can't We're going to have to get you one of those little toddler um, walker thingamajigs. Shove me in a, in a, in a cozy coop. Yeah. Push me around or you've seen those little arm. scooters that they can ride on that also transform into like the thing that helps them practice walking. Oh, That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll probably be, I wish I could be inside those that one at cap that's like it has it's made of wood, but it's got like the the high quality springs in it. It's like a sitter seat that has like the table that goes completely around you. Oh, uh, extra saucer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has one. They have one of those at cap that I love. And I'm like, I want to find out who made that. and I want to buy one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. But um, anyway, what was what we going on before before I interrupted? I'm sorry. Tommy Tallarico. Well, um, yes, actually, and before all your special interest theater. Which I have written, de- written, written, wow, written Roten, down as metamasochism in art slash becoming an animator, um, parentheses, iPad power exchange. Yes. But before that, um, mm. uh, actually, and this is directly related to um, people feeling like they don't belong in ABDL. You know, I'll tell you what, I was I was in the car on today on my way to grab some bagels and coffee and I was I was thinking about as I often do about how a lot of people uh, don't feel like they belong and don't have a space in the community, whether it be because of their age or physical ability or their race or their culture or religion, etc. And I was just thinking about that specifically through the lens of ableism and ageism uh, very specifically. And I was just kind of like driving and thinking to myself where it's just like, you know, I'm in my late 20s now. And a lot of the people that listen to the show are in their early 20s and they're officially not in the same generation as me. And that's okay. 
and I, but you know, I was, I was thinking about how there's also a, a very large number of people that listen to Dear Jazzy that are uh, older than me, and how cool mm-hmm. I think that is. And I just, you know, I really like being in a position where a lot of the people around me, I'm I'm the youngest one because I just feel like I can like relate better. But also, it, it feels good knowing that there are a lot of people that feel like they don't belong and being able to curate a space where people can feel like they can belong and be a part of a community that feels really good. And that I think is the, the biggest reward of doing the show is being able to provide a space of being. And I, I don't know. I, I've, I'm not trying to like jack myself off here, but like, I think it's really cool and really beautiful because there have been so many people that have written into the show that I've, that are like, Oh, I'm in my fifties. I'm in my sixties. I'm in my forties. I feel like I don't belong. What do I do? And you know how Joe is like, Mm -hmm. he's like a rising star and he's like become very quickly become very known in the community. Oh yeah. He, he emailed uh, me and Kimmy and he, and his first exposure uh, to the scene at large was his email that, that said, I'm in my 40s and I feel like I don't belong. And now he's just like a name and there's a line of people trying to get a chance to. It's like the fucking Pope is coming and people are trying to like come up and touch the Pope mobile. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's Joe just is, because he's so wonderful and genuine. Joe is yeah. pretty awesome. So all I this to say. If anyone gives you shit about your dapper as fuck, distinguished as fuck cane, I will kick them in the spleen. I thought you were going to say diapered as fuck. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that would be something a cap. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely dapper and distinguished. Walking around like, I know you haven't seen the new episode of Halva Boss yet, but Moxie's dad, isn't it? And just like, oh, yes, distinguished. I'm thinking of that, that bit. Do you remember in the movie Pocahontas where the uh, the villain sings his his, his villain song mm-hmm. and he's walking yeah. down the stairs and goes, see how I glitter? Like, I just imagine, like, yeah, that, like, kind of bullshit that, like, oh. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh. Twirl your little mustache, yeah. Yeah. But please yeah. tell us about uh, your special interest theater. Um, I, so this is going to come into kind of our, I guess in the broad sense, our discussion about what we've been working on, uh, lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the longest time, cause when I first joined the community, when I first kind of entered into the community years ago, there used to be the, the Foxtails times forum mm-hmm. and, uh, there's an artist and I know, and, uh, there's an artist who's still around still making really great art carrot yeah they're an amazing yeah. amazing artist and they did years ago and it's still it's one of those things where it's like it, nothing has ever really come close um they did a wonderful nursery machine comic way back when and it's something that you know nursery machines for many people in this community are like they watch a lot of cartoons growing up and there was that was a big deal and it certainly affected me and um after seeing that comic though of theirs I was like man someday I want to do something like this but like would it be great if there was an actual ABDL cartoon 
because there are now like porn animators and 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 people who animate really really well done stuff and they're doing either cg or 2d animation and i said you know what i think i think i'm ready now i'm going to throw my hat in the ring and i said let me do something go outside of my comfort zone a little bit and um i made a essentially a six minute it's technically it's not fully animated it's what you would call an animatic it's essentially a storyboard um with sound and music and um it's a six minute cartoon i made a six minute cartoon with my little character uh, uh lana lynn who's like a little sheep kind of betty boop like sheep and um i did it in about what about two and a half weeks three weeks about i don't know yeah. how long mm-hmm. it was pretty quick the turnaround was actually really quick but there's a thousand over a thousand panels mm-hmm. and it was a lot and I'm so um, honored and thankful that I get to work with both of you on this oh. thing. And um, it was a fun mutual. transition. Yeah, it's fun. I really, I really am. I. It's very rare that I say that I'm proud of something that I made or worked on, but it's it helps when I get to share that with other people, and I get to share mm-hmm. that work with other people. And it's and it's, you get to be like the first person to make this kind of animation yeah it's a six minute cartoon i i thought it was only going to be like about maybe two minutes or two and a half it ended up being three or and then four and then five and now it's six it's actually six i think on the nose it's six minutes and um which is the average length of a classic you know betty boo cartoon from that that era but um i wrote it i came up with a bunch of gags i didn't come up with the amazing title because that's Fawny is doing. Is but, it really? Um, <laughs> Fawny came up with that title. And I literally, I remember, I think we were in call. Yeah. It was you, me. I think it was Evil Engine. Possibly our friend Gears was there. And we were just there. And I, I'm like, I got to think of a title for this cartoon. And yeah, we started riffing. We started riffing. And then Fawny just comes out with, uh, the cartoon is going to be called um, the taming of the you, because it's a sheep. Yeah. Instead of taming of the shrew, and I literally, I think I literally went. I think I said, Your "Oh my god!" Your reaction was golden. Mm-hmm. I you literally had a breakdown. I had a breakdown. Like ever have it where you hear a pun and it's so groan worthy that you just go, "Ah!" Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just reel. You reel back and you like clutch your chest. It was like that for me, but not in like, oh, my God, that was awful. It was, oh, my God, that was so that it's perfect. It's the perfect pun. It's it, it, it covers so many bases. I and did. Have why help. did I think of it? I did have help because someone I think it was you mentioned that some of your favorite titles were based on like classic other works. Yeah. And I was thinking, OK, uh, Shakespeare, um, Midsummer Night's scream nope uh and then started yeah. thinking about that and taming up the you taming of the you is brilliant it's mm-hmm. it's it's so much it's it's a it's about a you it's about a lamb it's about um yeah it's about a female sheep it's about her being i guess converted <laughs> into uh into a baby mm-hmm. baby it, a lot yeah the baby belt. Neck. yeah <laughs> Uh, fucking but it was terms on my show uh, (laughs) but it was really it was uh, I like collaborating and animation is a very collaborative medium 
it's very rare that you're ever going to find someone who really is a one one person show where they mm-hmm. do everything. It's very rare, but um, the best part about animation is that it is collaborative, and I like the idea of being able to collaborate and collaborate with uh, two of my really great friends, my love so dear, and oh, um, yeah. I, I know, I know, and uh, yeah. it's but also the the um, there's an element uh, that ties back into kink, and that is. Uh, sadomasochism because I decided to do something painful animation is not an easy thing to do it's painful I'm not making any money off this thing I'm not I doing it out of the because I want to do it I want to give back to the community I want to do something that I, something I've always wanted to see and no one's ever really done and mm-hmm. I, I'm taking a chance at it but it is really the pain is what I kind of live for and knowing that it's worth it in the end because of the, the uh, potential of working with other people and seeing what other people think of it. It really is. Uh, there is a masochism element to it. Yeah. <laughs> Where your animation software is the dominatrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like whenever, uh, thankfully I will say, thankfully I'm very good about organizing layers and not, running my computer ragged because I didn't have a single crash during the pro the knock on wood uh, right the, now, dude. Find knock wood on, yeah. wood. on it, please. Knocking. Knocking. Knock 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 and, and you hear it in the in the at the viewers at home, the listeners, can you hear me knocking on this wood? Um, it's coming through yes, we hear thing. it like you clapping between each word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally knocking again and again. But I as far as the boarding process went, like I didn't lose uh, any any progress. I was very thankful that I didn't lose any progress on it. And uh, I save, I upsave versions every every other day. So I didn't lose, you know, if I did lose work, it wouldn't have been a lot, but I took those precautions. But mm-hmm. yeah, there is the element of knowing that like, this is torture, this is pain. I put this on myself for why? Because why do it? Because the payoff in the aftercare is going to be so wonderful. Yeah, it really, it really is. I, and I have, a. it's funny. I have a lot of things in the hopper cap. It seems mm-hmm. between there's panels I'm on. There's this, there's a couple other things that are coming out of cap that I was involved in. That's right. Um, yep. Uh, we're all very busy bees this year. We're very, we're very busy. And the thing but is it's last year, little things that keep adding up. Yeah. Right. And last year I went in and I tried to do, I'm doing it this year too. I'm trying really hard to come into, into cap again with little to no expectation at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I just want to go in. I know I'm going to see friends. I'm going to be on panels, but I'm not setting my bar extremely high. And that's not doubting the convention at all or the people I'm seeing or anything. It's my own personal way of not disappointing myself or setting an unrealistic standard. So like I mm-hmm. like last year I came in, it's weird that I say last year, but it was really only six months ago, but it might as well have been a full year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of th- time means nothing in this age of post pandemic, you know, p- current through pandemic life. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I went in with little to no expectation. I had literally the, one of the greatest times of my life. I had a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to going back this time and hanging out with all of you, getting to meet Fawny in person for the first time. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for that. 
I'm going to um, be able to like see how tall everyone is, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I did that one drawing during one of the shows where I just I don't know why I, I drew me like the size of like a like a bridge troll and you like an Amazon <laughs> like literally like this. I drew like you like this and me like this little round thing. Troll. <laughs> and um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited for people to see it. I got to practice and come up with ideas that I, you know period style gags mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some weird ones in there I don't know most people aren't going to get them I know I made I showed it to Purse and Purse was like I like this gag and I'm like I knew you would <laughs> Purse like the, the 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 handle that those hands yeah, pull with the different like, words on it yeah I put, yeah. A, I put a gag in there I'm not going to spoil it but yeah. a, a thing a I'm being person, vague on something pulls, yeah, pulls a lever and the one of the settings on the lever is a, a very period piece gag. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other things. There's a couple of weird avant-garde, not avant-garde gags. I don't have a lot of gags. I, the one thing I wish I did, but I didn't do enough, but there's always next time. If I ever decide, I'm just focusing on now. I can't focus on any other cartoons I want to do. I'm just going to focus on this one until it's done. But um, in those old cartoons, things would just come to life randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I didn't yeah. really do I didn't really do that in this one. Maybe in another one, I'll do that if I'm doing another Lana Lynn cartoon. That is, but um, other than that, I'm just excited and I'm so happy because uh, Jazzy is doing the sound and music, and, and I've already we've we've, we've 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 already heard a, a little snippet of it, and it sounds great so far. And we oh, we thanks. just was it two days ago. Yeah, two nights two ago, days. we recorded Fawny mm-hmm. as uh, a voice. She's the voice of Lana Lynn for this cartoon. I sure am. You and sure uh, that you recording sure session is going to be bonus content where you get to hear me being very shy and embarrassed about doing voice work, like recorded voice work for the first time. Check it's it a out. treat. You. It's a, it was a <laughs> treat. It was fun and Fawny. You were a consummate professional. You did a great job. First, I mean, you've been on the podcast and you've recorded a bunch, but as far as like, I guess I'm directed voice, voice work, yeah. yeah, yeah, this was it was wonderful. You were you did a fantastic job, and um, we're uh, yeah, to hear it. thank you. It's going to be fun. I'm really, I'm really excited to see it all come together and just see what people think of it. Yeah, know? and I'm, I'm honestly so just honored to be part of the project. Like yeah. out of everyone, you picked me, and that's, yeah. I love that. It's just, it's funny because the qual it's the it's the it's the timbre of someone's voice that just seems like a good fit, you know. And right. I'm like, oh, there we go, and the delivery and everything. So I think the only thing we're gonna do is it's gonna be like a like a five percent pitch up. Yes. And that'll add to the tinniness of the um, of how those yeah. old cartoons were done. The, really antique you know, it up. Yeah. Obviously, we're not recording it on old ribbon mics, oh, and we're God. not recording it. We were. I think we even talked about it on the show before too. Another thing was Mel Blanc screens. Yeah. The yeah. fact that Mel Blanc, you those screens sound all the more like, like, like insanely loud is because they would record it on a soundstage on the on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. And it was inside of a big empty, like, like an aircraft big empty, hangar. essentially like like a warehouse, like essentially like a, like an aircraft hangar. And so you would hear their sound, their, their voice echo through the back walls of this thing. So whenever you hear Mel Blanc in those old, like, 40s cartoons, turn out that light! And you could hear it just, like, come back 
hit the wall and come back and it just sounds like he's screaming in a cave and there's something about <laughs> that element same same with the um the the guy who created uh, of uh hannah barbera uh mm-hmm. bill hannah was the voice of tom in those old tom and jerry cartoons so he did all those screams those those famous tom screams <laughs> of him just screaming and it's painful it's some of the most painful we call I call them leather lunged screams because yeah. it literally sounds oh, like yeah like it's sh- like your lungs are, are being like, like sheared like or like how like you know how like leather is pulled and like scraped yeah that's what it feels like he- hearing those screams and the one thing they did was they cut the the beginning of the scream off and the end so you just oh. get the highest part in the middle that's why it just goes and then it like stops it's because they only cut the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Also, every impact, whenever a character gets smacked or hit or bonked in those old uh, Tom and Jerry's, that specific sa- that whack noise, it's a gunshot noise. Really? It's the sound of a sh- it's the sound of a shotgun. So whenever you hear sense. like like Tom's fingers get slammed in something or like someone gets smacked, that that specific whack noise, it's a shotgun. More of a it's cough someone, it's, than anything else. Yeah, it's literally just like someone taking a shotgun pointing in the air and shooting it so if you watch yeah. any of those old cartoons you should jazz you should check it out it's insane yeah, you're like oh my god it is a, but it sounds violent it's like an avant-garde way of recording sound i love seeing foley i love watching foley being done mm-hmm. and um oh yeah. man i wish i wish i had it here i need a i would need a balloon and a ball bearing and it's one of my favorite sounds of all time is do you remember the scene in Alice in Wonderland where the, the watch is going crazy on the table mm-hmm. and then the, the, the hair goes, there's only one way to stop a mad watch. And he slams it and does that like it's winding, like the clock mechanism yeah. is winding down. You put a oh. ball bearing in a balloon, you blow it up, you spin it so that the ball bearing is rolling on the inside rubber interior of the balloon. And then you just let the air out. So it goes, That's really smart. and it's, they, so they literally, smart. They literally had to um, figure that out. Like some stuff, you know now because it's 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 been done for eighty years or so. Like nothing to do breaking bones, you break celery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like nothing quite sounds like you know the fact that Mel Blanc was allergic to carrots, and he had to chew and chew on carrots because nothing sounds like a carrot. You could bite into an apple. You could bite into any kind of other root vegetable. Nothing quite sounds like what it is when you bite into a carrot. So he would sit, he would bite into a carrot and then spit in a garbage can, so he wouldn't get any of the residue on his mouth. So then he would have to rinse his mouth out with water. But he would mm-hmm. record all those carrot munching sounds himself. Fucking wild that they didn't just like bring in someone else to do the carrot noises. Right. I know there was <laughs> the commitment to the bit. <laughs> what, quit show, what and quit show business? That's you know, showbiz, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, but yeah, watching old Foley be done, like the fact that like the certain sound. sounds, like and they had to figure it out. Like this is one guy who ended up being the voice of Mickey Mouse later after Walt had way too many cigarettes and couldn't do it anymore. But because Walt was the original voice of Mickey, and then this other guy Jimmy McDonald, who was their sound effects guy, and he would literally come up with ideas of like, like some stuff. You're like, oh, obviously you want to make the sound of um you know, thunder, use a thunderbolt or a thunder metal sheet or something. Mm-hmm. But then he'd be like, you know, he was the guy who figured out, like, if you want to make the sound of rain, you put a bunch of beads on a drum and spin it. So it sounds like coursing rain. Mm-hmm. But then he would do weird shit. Like if you if you listen to um, 
like the when the clock strikes twelve in Cinderella, and it's a specific gong noise. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna, I'm going home. I'm gonna grab my an old brake drum from my old pickup. Yeah, and I'm gonna just shave the inside. And just by shaving the inside and sanding it a certain way, when you'd hit it, it would reverberate, and it sounds like like the interior of like Big Ben. And he's just like, Whoa. I'm just gonna figure it. He would just figure shit out, like. Yeah. Characters sneaking on the floor. He had an old wallet that was leather, and he was just going, oh, 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 oh. and it's just like he did all the bear growls himself. He was the voice of Chip and Dale, and um, the mice and Cinderella, and they would just he knew exactly how to pitch the voices up in a certain way. He mm-hmm. was like a ge- he was like a genius of sound. I went on a whole tangent about sound, but I love that stuff. I think it's so fun. The people need to know. People need yeah. to know. That's also my and wheelhouse, have, so I'm just sitting here like, oh, man, I want to jump in. I want to put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Yeah. We'll find a place to put your favorite sound effect in this cartoon. <laughs> we will find a place to put metal. Metal Violent. Pipe. Violent. What, what is the phrase? Violent. Metal pipe. Metal I think pipe the video is called Metal Pipe Falls Violently. Yeah, Metal Pipe <laughs> Falls Violently. And you, you put it in over the over a, a, a sequence where there <laughs> where the, the what is it, the sun is trying to like put himself back. Yeah, the There's sun is trying to put himself back into the sky when he finally slots himself back in and goes boom gotta, 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 gotta. Yeah, you, you put in this, this 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 metal pipe being dropped on a concrete floor in the middle of an airplane hangar. Oh god. <laughs> and when he like, goes to yawn, I put in the sun effect of the oh, the TikTok yawn. <laughs> You gotta put that tip, that TikTok yong belongs in the end with the crowd. That's it, gotta go with the crowd. It does. Uh-huh. I'm thinking you, metal pipe is where Lana goes through the metal pipe. Yeah, definitely. That oh be my a, god, that might actually work. That's so true. That can be one of those sound effects. What you could do is you could also take yep. it too, and you could also like pitch it up. Mm-hmm. So it's not as it's a smaller pipe. <laughs> There's a big <laughs> pipe and then a smaller pipe. You could probably figure it's a out metal a way to straw. manipulate the sound. What do they do? Yeah, or something. You, I'm sure there's a way you can manipulate that sound and somehow get it in there. Yeah. Have it be like your Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And when we were having a production meeting on on the short, I think that's actually the analogy I used is like my calling card now is the metal pipe. And um, that's one of the things that I do in my career to set myself apart is like, yeah, I'm a rock producer. I'm a metal producer but I'm a big nut for Foley. Foley (laughs) is just so interesting to me because what you hear is very polished music, but listener at home, what you don't hear is pretty much every single production animation, music, et cetera. It's held together with duct tape and bubble gum. And if you blow on it the wrong way, it will (laughs) fall apart. Like everything is so like hacked together and shoddy and like scuffed, like, but it works in the end. And I used to, I, uh, I used to be in, um, when I was in uh, classes in school and we have to watch violent, uh, violent, silent, very different silent films. And it was just, we were in complete silence. And I used to scare my friends because I used to make the sounds. (laughs) So I used to do like the mouse sound, like you would, there would be a mouse on screen. I just go, But then I would also growl. I had like, I had a, a, this, I don't know if this will work. It's a, it's a tiki glass. It's made mm-hmm. of ceramic, but it's glass bottom. So it might go like, if you ever watch an old movie with a bear, you just hear. Holy. Oh, that's perfect. It's like, that's how, how they used the to make the fuck did you sound. do that sound? 
What, Can the, you do it without the glass? What, like, so it, like the, there's the inhale, like there's, the a, there's an exhale, there's an exhale sound, which is. What does it sound like without the glass? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but then let's see, there's the. That's like, that's like a. Whoa. It's like a pig. <laughs> Oh and just my like, god, how the hell dude. Did... When I said I said I won't use that trick for my metal recordings. It's that's how that's how they did all the lion roars in Lion King. They had a metal waste bin, west bucket, right. and they would just go. Wow. And I used to do I won't I won't spoil any about like my actual life and my job, but I used to do pitches. I used to pitch cartoons. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd have sound effects ready. So, like, if I was like, I need something to wet my whistle, I would do like that. <laughs> and I would hit like a, a metal, like a metal, spit- I'd hit something, and people would be like, Where did that sound come from? And I'd just have it ready. I'd just have it like on the side, and I'd just like hit hit things with my with my pen stylus, or I would um, have like stuff ready to make sounds, or like I would do the galloping of a horse with my legs. So, let's see, I could do it with by slapping it. Oh, let's see. Like, like stuff like that, mm-hmm. try to get the rhythm down. And I, I was so, so over, just like in going back full circle to what we talked about before about masochism and art, I, I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm all because I'm overcompensating. It's all overcompensation. <laughs> I yeah, just, as we were talking before, it's, it's very easy to glorify productivity when you really don't need to. So, yeah, I used to, I used to go around, I used to live in a junkyard. So I used to go around and actually make sounds. Yeah. And one time, one time I needed, I was doing my, my, my film for school and I needed a very specific thwomp noise of something hitting the ground. And I found, and I feel bad about it now, but I didn't, it's not like I did it. I found a dead pigeon mm-hmm. in our junkyard and I went, Oh, this poor bird. I wonder. And I just yes. literally got gloves. Oh, and I picked up the bird from various heights and dropped it. Oh. And it's, but the thing is, I wasn't like dropping it from like 15 feet in the air and like stuff. Yeah, I would drop yeah. it from like, from like a foot off the ground to five feet off the ground, like, like up to like chest level. And just the fact that it is, um, it had the wings and there was wind resistance that, that it had a very specific noise. And I mean, I could have just did it with my mouth now. Things like, um, Oh, I did bird flapping noises. Let's see if I can do that. I know this is becoming the Foley show. Have you ever listened to a pigeon just flying? They are so noisy. They're incredibly loud flyers. And they go, it's like the bird. It's like the bird equivalent of like the sound when you like whip your hand and like your hand is flapping and hitting. It's hitting the skin as you're moving Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's like that's that's what essentially a bird sound is. I have. uh, I don't have it here. The one time I don't have anything useful here, but I had. If you use just like a, a any kind of bird flaps in old movies, just a mm-hmm. rag, a mm. dish rag. Oh, yeah. Just do this with a dish rag. Just I'm I'm making a, a very violent arm swinging gesture with my hands. Mm. But you just flap it, and it's just like oh, you're jacking up the biggest penis, the biggest penis ever. Just the <laughs> biggest penis Ooh, with very loose fingers. It's all in the finger. Lubed up, lube, heavy heavy arm, loose uh, lubed fingers. Why set the giant in the heavy flow? Yeah. Getting, oh, fuck. <laughs> There's a Mean Girls reference for you. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Uh, Juice, uh, 
what I was going to say is um, how I set myself apart in my production is uh, I, I incorporate fully into my recordings. Like there was a band that uh, wanted to add more zest as it were to their China symbol, which is the like the really aggressive you hear in like metal breakdowns. So I fully recorded the sound of, um, I threw a beer glass on the ground as hard as I could and recorded the glass shattering. And I kind of like layered that into the actual cymbal crashing. And similarly, I took a note from Slipknot actually, because in one of their songs, I think before I forget, they have a break drum in, uh, right at the very end, like, and there is no symbol that can get that high of a ting on the bell. So I was like, I've already done so much stuff with break drums. I'm just going to record a new sample. So I just smacked a break drum and layered that in. And it's just like, Holy shit. How'd you get this fat sound? It's just like, I pulled experience from sound for film that I studied in college. And God, I just, I yeah. love Foley so much. It is so did, cool. Did I ever tell you about the time I got kicked out of a, I got kicked out of a thrift store? No. <laughs> How do you get I kicked was, out of a thrift store? It was, and I wasn't doing anything really bad. Um, so I was. This is back when I was trying to find, similar to the to the dead bird story. I, um, Jesus Christ. I mean, not in the sense that I killed someone and dropped them at the thrift store. But like, <laughs> I knew I, the sound of someone's body hitting the pavement. <laughs> I wonder, a uh, little old lady, can you come here? I think an old lady's body would be perfect. No, I didn't quite um, get it. We have uh, to go younger. Recording I went. Again. I went. To a, we need a little was, more osteoporosis. Yeah, I, I went to a local thrift store and I came in with um, like a pencil. Yeah, and I would literally go around the entire store, and I was just hitting things with the pencil. <laughs> and finally, someone came up and says, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, I'm. I need a sound effect, and I'm trying to find a sound." And it's a very specific sound, and I'm checking all these different. Like there was an area, you know, every thrift store has an area that's filled with old plateware and yeah. Pitch, yeah. pitchers yeah. and plastic jugs and mm-hmm. um, stuff. So I literally was going over there, and there's areas that had you know metal waste bins and garbage cans and uh, <laughs> metal thermoses. So I'm literally going around with a pencil, kind of like in Roger Rabbit, where um, yeah. Judge Doom is doing the shave and the haircut bit and he's just tapping things and going da 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 and I'm literally just going around like going <laughs> and then doing it a little harder and like hitting it mm-hmm. and I was doing this for maybe maybe hmm, maybe 20 to 25 minutes and I'm sure the person in the thrift store it was it must have been like 6 hours hearing a person just intermittently tapping random shit mm-hmm. And they finally said, sir, you're going to have to leave. Oh, party pooper. And I said, why? And they said, you're not buying anything. I'm like, I might. Yeah. And they were like, you have to leave. And they kicked me out. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, bye. I I didn't find anything I wanted in there anyway. Mm-hmm. None of your stuff sounds good. <laughs> anyway, you know. specific insults. <laughs> yeah, specifically. So, like, whatever. But like, it's it's the eccentricities of of uh, the stuff that we love to do. I love I love Foley too. I don't. I'm not a sound person, like technically, but I I certainly love 
the um, I ha- so downstairs actually I have a bin of filled with just things I collected over the years because I like the sound of them. Mm-hmm. I have old um, pot lids. Just pot Interesting. lids. Interesting. Yeah. That sound. Your is, house sounds like the most fun museum. It really There's does. a bunch of, I have so much bullshit. Not mm-hmm. only do I have a lot of to- like toys and weird, I mean, you can't see it at home, but uh, Jazzy and Fawny could see like surrounding my head in the background. There's just posters and weird figures and there's a there's a kigurumi of a obscure cartoon character sitting on an exercise bike and like uh an electric litter box and all this random shit just surrounding my and that kigurumi was custom made for you correct for me yeah oh hell yeah mm-hmm. because a friend of mine i said we we joked about it for years and they finally made it and it's it's dumb and it's stupid but the only way I will ever show it to anybody is if they have to come here and visit me and then I'll show them. Done. Because I want yep. the mouse. And they have to in. specifically request it. It is a, sec- a secret menu item. A secret, secret menu, menu item. item. It's kind of like, you know, the, if anyone knows the Red Letter Media guys, it's the famous Dick the Birthday Boy image <laughs> of Rich Evans. And he's he's at uh, a showbiz pizza and it says on a shirt, Dick the Birthday Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's a whole series of images of Dick the Birthday Boy, not just that one. I forgot about Dick the Birthday Boy. Yeah, and there's and there's 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 apparently there's multiple images of Rich Evans as Dick the Birthday Boy, like with the shirt at that party. <laughs> but the, the only original. way you but the only way you'll ever be able to see them and the original is if you go to their office and you're invited there, and then you can see them on the wall. Oh That's my the god! Only I found the image. They were, they were, they refuse to have anyone take pictures or show it. But have you ever heard of this, Fawny? I just shared it in our chat. I know of the original image and I love it to bits and pieces. I did not. I, I don't follow Red Letter Media, so I had no idea about the the extra lore. This lore yeah. to this this great image is that, yeah, that for his birthday, they went to a showbiz pizza and they made him that Dick the Birthday Boy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so bad. And then it, it was featured on, technically the picture was featured on Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> so Rich Evans, who's this like schlubby guy from Wisconsin, is just like <laughs> <laughs> a Polaroid. The, the Polaroid image is now uh, hanging in their offices. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's really funny. I, I just remembered that I shared my favorite uh, image of a Foley recording session. And um, above that one, I forgot that I shared it uh, like 20 minutes ago. But uh, the alt text for it at home is it's four dudes that look like scruffy beetles all standing around a bunch of random junkin bullshit and like one guy is clapping a thunder sheet with a hand symbol one person is looking at the world's worst like weird keyboard instrument one person is beating another guy with a drumstick smoking a cigarette and there's a guy in the back with a fucking gun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i saved that image on my computer as the beatings.jpg <laughs> oh it's not the beatles it. <laughs> it's the beatings yeah jesse i'm yeah. gonna have to sh- i'm gonna have to show you this disney back in the um back in the 40s they made a uh um a film called the reluctant dragon mm-hmm. and there's a bit in it where there's a guy exploring the disney studio and they do a recording session uh, of the Foley Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. You see these guys like wearing these masks 
and like sticking their faces underwater to do drowning noises and like um oh god yeah scraping a razor blade on glass to get like the screeching of uh train wheels trying to break and mm-hmm. like these foley guys are insane i love it foley, yeah i love foley engineers like myself we refer ourselves as the dishwashers of the audio engineering world because it's like no sane person enters the food industry and says, I want to be a dishwasher. But it's just like yeah. once you find your tribe there, that's what you do. And like the joke mm-hmm. in food service industry is just like, oh, yeah, the dishwashers, you have to be crazy to do that. That's the yeah. same vibe in audio with Foley or just like, oh, you have to be some sort of weird to do Foley. And it's just like you have to be like. You have to be able to think so far outside of the box, because if you one to one record like, oh, I need the sound of shoes falling. If you record shoes falling, it's going to sound like fucking grandma's ass cheeks flapping together. Yeah, I just sent you guys a video. <laughs> but this is that guy I mentioned, Jimmy McDonald, mm-hmm. who was the Disney sound effects guy. And it's a compilation of a lot of the sounds that he created. Mm hmm. Awesome. I'm going to have to look that up later. He also had the most amazing, cute little curly white mustache. Yeah, no, that's a very choice mustache. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Incredible dude. Um, Very well curated mustache. I was right. I was right. Um, Of course, I'm on the show and the episode ends up being like 16 hours long. So, you know, this is exactly what I wanted. This is literally exactly what I wanted out of this episode. And like it, it's it's, it's funny because, you know, we're reaching the end of the recording here. But I'm like, it's, you've got me so jazzed for my job. And it's just like, God, like I'm going back to college for psychology because it's just like, you know, that's a special interest of mine. And like that pays being a college professor pays a little bit better than being a producer just because I have, I just do like freelance stuff. I haven't landed in like position positions, but fuck, it's just like, it's not me thinking if I had the, if I was able to position myself where I could like find a position where I could just do audio, if I could be a sound person, I would, I would kill for that opportunity. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I'm I'm so jazzed up. I'm so excited. (laughs) This episode, Dear Jazzy, is brought to you by Padding Power, the ABDL-themed trading card game from Zakiru. If you're looking to collect and play a great new card game while supporting creators in our community, please visit PaddingPowerTCG.com. You can also join the community Discord where you can connect with fellow players and get a game or two in. Plus, me and Fani both have signature cards. Again, PaddingPowerTCG.com. I do want to circle back around, and this mm. is an advice show. Do you guys want to answer one fun question you from one of our? Let's do it. I think it would be. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a fun one. Yeah. I was all right. I was I've, got a, I've got planning on not having time to do a question, but let's do it. Let's do a fun one. Yeah. We've got a, a short and sweet <laughs> little one uh, that reads, "Dear Jazz and Pretty Dear," and I'm also adding juice in here. What is a horse? From diagnosis. What is a what horse? is a horse? What is a horse? Truly, what is a horse? What is a horse. What is? I a think horse a horse truly? is a money pit on four legs. I agree. I agree. A horse is a boat that you have to feed and keep warm and groom and get its. Is foods. that not a boat? Is that not a boat? Seriously, you have to feed a boat gas and yes. money. It's true. You have to, you have to a boat. keep a boat warm and in the right environment. 
exactly. And you have to groom a boat and keep it, washing it. In, in good <clears throat> shape. Yeah. But boats, they can't get infections and delamination in their hooves. That's true. They have trailers that uh, can get flat tires. Horses to me are um, proof that uh, God is cruel because only mm-hmm. God can create an animal that's so unbelievably dense and heavy in its body, but then said, let's give it legs that can easily break. And when they break, <laughs> there's nothing you could do about it. And you just have to kill it. Yeah. What it's a, cruel, a brick on two sticks. What yeah. a cruel thing to do. Yeah. Put a, put a, put a, a, a bag of cement with a, with a head and neck on uh, <laughs> four uh, popsicle stick legs. I heard someone mm-hmm. with that same energy refer to horses as finger dogs. And it's just like, I hate oh you. Oh, my God. I hate oh God. Finger dogs. It's just like, you're so wrong, but you, how are you right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And on the boat note, I have heard boats referred to before as a hole in the water that you throw min- money into. Yep. Hole in the water. Yep. Hole in the water. <laughs> Horses, I could also call them. Uh, they are. Um, <clears throat> they are um, uh, giraffes with dwarfism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard that one. Yeah. Um, um, boring zebras. Boring zebras. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Fonny, you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, we've talked on the show about how both of us are horse girls and how um, I grew up around horses. I think I remember you saying you grew up around horses. Um, if I remember, if I remember, I grew up correctly. loving horses. I had got it. Very little interaction with horses, but uh, I didn't have enough of a horse um, sort of introduction to stay a horse girl for very, very long. So I rode the horse girl to dragon girl, girl pipeline. Mm-hmm. I rode and very much became a, a dragon girl by like the age of 13. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I rode the, the horse girl to furry pipeline personally. Yep. Um, because it's like, Oh, I grew up in a barn is, is not too far from the truth growing up in the Midwest which is basically Canada and um, Mm -hmm. going to the farm every single weekend to hang out with the horses and everything. And it's so funny because it's just like, I love horses so much, but also they are the dumbest goddamn animals I've ever seen. They sure are. They're so dumb. They're massive too. They're just smart enough to be dangerous, but they're so incredibly dumb and they're huge. They are. They're dangerous when they're smart and so much more dangerous when they're dumb. Yeah. They're kind of like, imagine a golden retriever, like a really stupid dog, but the size of a bus. Like a, a golden retriever, the size of a bus with no spatial awareness. <laughs> That's what a horse yep. is. But they're very sweet and I love them. I'm doing one more drawing for you guys. Oh, yes, please. Please, please. Okay. You don't have to stop talking on my account, though. Uh, Fonny, on the <laughs> on the topic of being a dragon girl, I'm going to tag you in something in the server that I need you to see right now on the record while we're recording because I need to capture your reaction. I just tagged okay, you fantastic, and 
Also, while we're here, I do want to say on the on the note of recording lines for Lana from the Lana Lynn cartoon, mm. wouldn't have been possible without Joe. Just to circle back to mm-hmm. how wonderful Joe is, um, Joe set me up with the equipment that was needed to be able to record lines nicely for the Lanolin cartoon and for this podcast. So, Joe, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's true. Eternal thanks. And Your... looking at the Off Topic channel. <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wizard casting the words I'm trans over his head as a dragon like comes out of a volcano at the bottom of the image. That is incredible. <laughs> L in in off topic says Fani definitely has a ton of big airbrushed wizards in her possession. Okay, but I'm not the one getting the fucking wizard fabric on the inside of my star shaped fur bag. That's me. Um, That fabric is is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's got little wizards on it. Oh, that's yeah, that's so rad. It's the sickest shit I've ever seen. It's oh got funny little wizards on it. <laughs> They're casting all sorts of spells. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I'm They're casting Love You Forever. Aww. They're casting You're Beautiful. They're casting You're Worth Everyone's Time. There's this YouTube video where uh, someone used an AI voice generator, which AI-generated deepfakes really freak me out. But this one's really funny because it's a deepfake of President Biden's voice, but he's talking about, I walked outside the other day, and boom, it hit me. Another fucking wizard casting spells and shit <laughs> on my block. to get tired of this shit. <laughs> it's just so funny and deadpan and just like... Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, of course there's wizards. Like, no, <laughs> like not even addressing it. It's just so matter of fact. I remember seeing someone told me about those. And there's one where, like, it's as if Joe Biden did a, a Let's Play video. Yeah. He's talking about, like, what do Yoshi's eggs smell like? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, really funny that, like, <laughs> I don't know why. I think that's really hilarious. My favorite one is Biden, Obama, and Trump are debating who the best WoW villain is. Oh, no. So oh, no. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. It is. I, I'm just finishing up this drawing, but it's almost done. So Amazing. We will be here until the end. Also, Jazzy, you need to see this meme. Yes, please and do. And Jazzy, you need to see... No, not that one. <laughs> I've been collecting a lot of memes recently. All right. So the meme that you sent me, the first one. Oh, oh, drawing, drawing, drawing. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What? Help, help, help me. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out. I forgot to add the stink lines. Oh, come on. <laughs> you guys are in the two sides of a horse costume and instead of you dying instead of using a skull and crossbones i just put an an image of a bottle of glue <laughs> so fucked yep. up. i am the butt of the horse i am the face of the horse and it is insinuated that i have died because jesse's butt is stinky oh hey, w- wait a minute <laughs> hey now and I am wanting to be turned into glue. All right. And this has been Dear Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> Juice, who are you and how can we give you money? Just like, just like, just like, just like Jazzy, 
Uh, I sure I sure know how to clear a room. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know what? I'm joking. No one I'm wants kidding. to know how to give you money now. Fuck you. Fine. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, not like I have a, it's not like I have really a way to give money to me now. No, we can still PayPal you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Well, not anymore. Give you, money? you get the Yeah. Hmm? Put on a sexy little uh, G string and let people slip dollars into it. No, that's the next level Patreon right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in all actuality, how can people find you on the internet? Find me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you meant Fawny. Sorry. Um, I uh, I'm on Twitter <coughs> at uh, at uh, I, God. I can never remember if it's at Juicebox Art at Juicebox underscore Art. I I don't at remember. Juicebox Art. I think. At oh at Juicebox underscore Art. That's my that's my that's my Twitter. My Patreon is Juice at Juicebox Art on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I post irregularly on Patreon. I'm trying to post more, but I've been so busy working on the Lana Lynn cartoon and everything else that I haven't really been making any other drawings. So I haven't been posting a lot, but I'm on Patreon. I post, like, again, I post regularly to Twitter. And um, that's mostly it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have many means. I don't really have many means for people to actually pay me. The only other way... Is technically this segues into Fawny, but um, Fawny and I have a online That's store. Fun. We online sure Etsy do, store. and someone just bought a lanyard that I have to pack up to send out this week. Ooh. Oh, really? Which one? One of yours? Yeah. All right, red. It's the first sale we've made in like six months. <laughs> well, we have to make. That's the thing is that we, we we've been so busy, but the our one of our goals for this year is to kind of kind of put a defibrillator on it and make more stuff. Yes. We really want to make more stuff. Crossing your fingers. Yeah, we're hopefully having something where we're going to have to light a little fire under a certain person's seat. But um, we're hoping not you, but we will. um, And not me either. Well, to an extent, it was me. And then the ball got passed to someone else. Anyways, get a good contract. Anyway. um, Etsy.com slash assorted crinkles. That's right. And that's our store. And we had we had pins and lanyards. And we're hoping to have more stuff very soon. I'm making so, some handmade pieces to put up on there. Yeah. And they look really cool and really mm-hmm. cute. And uh, obviously clearly handmade with effort put in. Wow. Mm-hmm. Clearly handmade. Is yeah, that a compliment? Hand- yeah, I feel or, like... <laughs> or oh, no, it's, all, it's kind not of like backhanded. backhanded. No, I meant like the, <laughs> just the fact that clearly effort and time and energy and love go into these things. So like... yeah. That was that was my reasoning. I wasn't saying like, oh yeah, this is clearly, it's clearly like a bunch Thank of. Thank you for this wonderful eyes. macaroni art. Yeah, I didn't, you, you didn't, you're not glue, you're not gluing googly eyes onto onto like freeze dried like oyster shells. So like, I think you're okay. <laughs> God, that feels like a very very directed uh, insult. That that's incredibly freeze dried. Paulie's not yeah. making sundries like at a like at a like at a, a gift shop you'd find at a dock. Well, you know what? Maybe I will be killed. Fanny, who are you? How would you die for an oyster? Oh, sorry. It's okay. You can give me money by uh, just supporting me through some of the the stores that I'm part of, like uh, Jazzy's uh, merch store for the Dear Jazzy podcast. Um, And you can find the links for that at uh, the website where all of Jazzy and my links are at oddswithgod.com. 
And you can also support the store that Juice and I are part of, Assorted Crinkles, at, or Etsy.com slash Assorted Crinkles. Um, it's a play on Assorted Sprinkles if you haven't gotten that yet. Mm. Anyways. <laughs> and then otherwise, I'm making a couple of handmade pieces that you can keep an eye out for. Uh, they'll be probably up on Twitter and Etsy in the next couple of weeks. Um, I would like to make more handmade uh, sort of cute accessories and other things. Uh, so it's not going to be clothing. I think the clothing market is um, tapped out. Um, and we'll think about that someday. But yeah, that's that's about it for now. Uh, if you want to pay me to do voice work, uh, let me know, because that's been a lot of fun. And the feedback has been lovely on it. So Jazzy, good. where can the people give you money? Well, <clears throat> I have been Jasmine Starshine. Uh, and you can give me money at patreon.com slash Jasmine Starshine. Uh, helps the ongoing production of this show. And every little bit uh, really, really helps, especially since I'm getting ready to go back to college here. Um, everything. Uh, why don't I just like do the whole feel? I guess before I do that, I can say uh, go read Into the Dark. I'm going to have a link to that. Go check out everything that these two just promoted because... They're really, really incredible creators, and it's, a, it's such a joy to be working with them so intimately on multiple different projects. Um, mm -hmm. Also, buy our merch because they get kickback for some of the merch sales, and that's good for everyone. Um, last but not least, uh, Dear Jazzy is an At Odds With God.com production. Please visit us online at At Odds With God.com, where you can visit my links, Funny's links, uh, the links soon to be of like all the other shows that we're doing and everything related to this show and everything that we do in the community. I have been Jasmine Starshine. I've been Bonnie ABDL. And I've been Juicebox. And we will see you next time. Uh, bye bye. Farewell. Bye -bye. See you. Goodbye. 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 Get out. Goodbye. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> <laughs>